There's no ouzo talk without a bottle of ouzo, which is why we love the Greek Provador. Get a real taste of the very best produce that Greece has to offer. From olive oils and delicious artisan sweets, to unique spirits, earthy herbs and memorable wines. Visit thegreekprovador.com.au to see their amazing range. The Greek Provador, proud sponsors of the ouzo talk podcast. Craving something sweet? Head to Bay Vista Dessert Bar at Brighton La Sands. Treat yourself to mouth-watering desserts, cakes, sweet and savoury crepes, waffles, ice creams and much, much more, all overlooking Sydney's iconic Brighton Beach. And now, also at Parramatta. Visit bayvista.com.au or drop on in for something sweet. Bay Vista Dessert Bar, proud sponsors of this episode of Uzzle. Sound is... Nick, it's been a while since we talked football, isn't it? Uh, I think you've got to go back to the episode of Andy Pascalides for us to be actually talking Greek soccer. Wow, right? that far back. I yeah, think so. Look, it's perfect timing to start talking about soccer again. So we just had the Women's World Cup and so forth. Absolutely, and what a success that was as well. Did you ever expect to have that many people at a Women's World Cup game anywhere in the world, let alone in Australia? It was unbelievable. Filled out stadiums, you know, Australia did extremely well, and yeah, it was a, it's a great event. Unfortunately, we weren't here. We're in, uh, we're in the motherland, but <laughs> we were, <laughs> but we could still hear all the noise from uh, all the way from Greece. Well, we were watching the games there, and with absolutely great interest, you know, the game against England in particular, and yeah, un- unbelievable effort. Great job to the girls and to everyone involved. But uh, look, no doubt, Andy, as we mentioned, you know, is the voice of Australian football. But we're now going to move over to Greek football for the first time and actually take a bit of a deep dive with someone who not only played in Greece but played for Greece. Ready for this one? Yes, I am, mate. Okay, Locked here we go. Loaded. Our guest is a former international goalkeeper who made 12 appearances in goal for Greece between 84 and 89, where he played both friendlies as well as World Cup qualifiers. In the hugely tribal Greek league, he played 95 games for Ajax between 1977 and 1996. Fans even gave him the nickname Mr. Protathlima after he helped them win their first title in 10 years. He was also voted as best player in the league by his peers in the Greek media. Mention the name to any Ajax fan and you're likely to get far more than just a smile from them, let me tell you, Nick. The best part about this is that he's from right here in the Uzo Talk backyard, believe it or not. So, joining us in the distillery is Spiros Ikonomopoulos. Spiros, welcome to Uzo Talk, mate. Hello, hello, how are welcome. you? Welcome, Spiros. Thank you. Now, do, you to, do you want to translate his nickname to English? Mr. Protathlima, so Mr. Championship. Mr. Championship. How's that for a nickname? <laughs> it's it's great, good. isn't it? It is pretty good. And for those of you listening, thinking he sounds strangely Australian, there's a good reason for that. Yeah, Tell I, was, us. I was born here in Parramatta. Yeah, right. I grew up in Kayama. <clears throat> My parents decided to leave when I was 11 years old. But I always had contact with Australia, my friends, my family, a lot of talks on the phone, yeah. come and visit back and forth. So I, um, you know, I, I kept the, the accent a bit. Yeah. 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 Kaima would have been interesting. So that's, what, two hours south Be- of Sydney. Beautiful. And we're talking, what, 1970s? Yes. I was born in 1959. We moved to Kaima in mid-60s, maybe 64, I think. Wow. There weren't yeah. many Greeks around there, were there? Was only one more family from Edessa. Really? Yeah. And do you guys have a fish and chip shop down there? Yeah, or? Uh, classic. <laughs> what else would Greeks do? <laughs> Either that or a milk bar. One of well, the two. Well, they're all together, actually. There were three shops in one. Oh, there right. was a milk bar, a restaurant, and a fish and chip shop. Triple really? whammy. Yeah. <laughs> Far out. Back in the day, it was really busy because there was no ring road outside mm. of Kayama. So anybody who would want to travel after Kayama, anywhere, even down to Melbourne, they'd have to pass right outside the shop. 
Mm. So in the summer it was crazy. There were like 15 people working mm. really? in that shop. Wow. Yeah. So there wow. you go, Nick. We have a former Greek goalkeeper and Ajax player with a very Australian accent and an Australian upbringing. Did you ever expect that? Mate, we, we've hit it all. It's <laughs> we have. Well, I have all to the add to that. that well, here we go. The whole soccer thing. I, I was watching it on TV yeah. here in Australia. I was watching the English Premier League, all the league then. But it all started from cricket. Oh, okay. Because I, I never played football here. So really? I, I only played tennis and cricket. And because I was very good at catching, mm. when I went to school in Greece, and, you know, in the school we started to play football, they asked me, they said, what are you good at? And I said, I'm good at catching. All right, <laughs> goalkeeper. <laughs> Were you the wicketkeeper? Yeah. Wow. In Far cricket. out. Yeah. I can see how that would have helped. Yeah, yeah. That helped a lot. Wow. So you grew up playing cricket. Yes. You're a wicketkeeper in cricket, yeah. which for the people that don't know, is the guy that catches the ball uh, right. behind the stumps. Yep. And then from there, people saw that you were good at catching. Yeah, and I went over to Greece. And when you yep. go to school, everybody plays football. That's mm-hmm. all that. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, in, we call in, it football in, in between <laughs> lessons and all that. Mm-hmm. So because I was new and I was the Afstralaki, the Australian yeah. kid, the Aussie kid, uh, they asked me, they said, what are you good at? I said, I'm good at catching because I used to play cricket. Yeah, that's it. And I was the non-chubby goalkeeper because all the other boys were chubby because <laughs> yeah. they couldn't run, you know, and they, oh, you're goalkeeper. Classic. Yeah. Well, that's how <laughs> goalkeepers were picked in the old days, weren't they? Yeah, the kids that school, couldn't run. School. Yeah. school. If you yeah. can't run, I'll put him in goalkeeper. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Oh dear, well look, and also we should mention that we actually share a little bit of a background because all three of us have actually worked for Qantas. Yes. (laughs) There you go. I'm still working for Qantas as a casual, but still working there. The last one left. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Fantastic. Well, great to have you with us, but before we get into the meat of it, Nick, we need to have a drink. What do you reckon? 100%, mate. I'm holding my glass. I'm waiting for you to give me the nod. Awesome. Let's do it. Thank you. Oh, great to nice have to meet you, you guys. Likewise, likewise. Okay, so I'll throw this to you, Tom. Yeah, so, I think. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, norm, under normal circumstances, the what are we drinking segment of this podcast is usually managed by Nick. Okay, but he's done a good occasion, job up to now. Yeah. He has, yeah. but it's all very but nice. I'm handing the baton over. Yeah, on this occasion, you probably couldn't tell us much about this one because this drink is actually homemade. Uh, yeah, I like the bottle. It's got my name on it. <laughs> so this comes courtesy of my cousin, Nick. So what are we drinking, Tom? So it's I see the Michael Jordan's there too, 23. Yeah, 23. <laughs> so it's a homemade sipuro, so it's highly illegal, just you know, for any of the... Uh, Don't tell anybody outside of here. Exactly, yeah, for any law enforcement <laughs> listening. Right. Um, it's from Queensland. Wink, wink. That's no. right, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so it's a homemade sipuro. So what he does is he actually tries to make wine first, and then whatever's left from that tries to distill down into this. Out of all the homemade brews that I've had, I've got to say, and this is not pissing in his pocket, this is probably the best one I've had because you can tell that there's honey in it for a start. Yeah. But there's also a bunch of other stuff in there that I can't pick and that he hasn't quite told me what a, you know what's actually in there. But it doesn't seem like it's a homemade job, does it? No, it seems like a premium quality tip or something that the Greek provider would uh, provide for us. 
<laughs> exactly. But uh, yeah, no, it is. It's, no, it's, it's great. It's, it, it, you got that tipperal taste about yeah. it, and it's you got that nice. You can I couldn't pick it, but you pointed out it was mm. honey. Yeah, the aftertaste. It's a really good drop, Nick. Um, yeah, we might have to get you on as a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't sell it. He's you know it's for personal uh, personal consumption. But Spiro, unfortunately, he is an Olibiakos fan, a mad Olibiakos fan. We all so. have our faults, mate. <laughs> So shout Spittle out to you, spitting Nick. it out. Thanks, no. Nick. Thanks, Nick. Sorry for being Olibiaco, yeah. but you're doing okay this year, though, up to now. Yeah, absolutely. To be honest, absolutely. Well, look, Nick. Thank you very much for the for the drink. We're gonna we're gonna try and make short work of this bottle. But um, look, you've given us a little bit of your um, your background, Spiro. Yes. Where's your family from in Greece? Tell us a little bit about where. My family is from the northern part of Peloponnese. Close to a city or town called Aegio. Mm. It's from a place called Akrata. That's my father's uh, place. Mm. And my mother is closer to Eyo from a place called Valimitika. Okay. So back in the day, you know, they met through sort of arranged wedding and they so got they to know here. each other over there. Okay. And my f- father moved over here for, uh, he, he came first, I don't know if it was six months or a year or something. And then my mother moved over as well. Yep. And I think they started off in Newcastle, maybe. Mm. I'm not sure. I know that they were there for a while. My father's brother was here before, although he was younger. He came at 12 years old. Really? Here in Australia, yeah. Wow. So, um, who, who did he come with? Was he on his own? Or? On his own. 12-year-old on his own. Yeah. And he, um, he was telling me a story, because he's still alive now, and so yeah. is my father. Yeah. And um, he was telling me that uh, as soon as he came here, because he said, look, I left, I was like, you know, doing stuff over there, agriculture, that I didn't really go to school. So even my Greek wasn't that good. Mm. So I came over here. I didn't know a word of English. I went to this family. I started working, washing plates and all that. So I was 12 years old. I started crying. And I sent a letter to my father back in Greece. And I said, I want to come back. And his father said, you know, it was cruel days those days. You know, people were pretty tough and all that. He said, if you get yourself 2,000 pounds at the time, that was pounds then, then you can make your way back. Um, never happened. Wow. So, Spiro, yeah. what year were you talking about? 1950? That would be mid-50s. Mid-50s. Mm, yeah. Wow. So, he came in on his own as a 12-year-old, yeah. picked up a job cleaning dishes. Yeah, they had someone arranged here to so pick him sponsors. up and take okay. him. Uh, yeah, so he was doing j- dishes and stuff like that. Wow. And did yeah. he ever go back or? No, he's here. Oh, so he, he lives in Oldwood. since. Wow. Yeah. Of course he lives in Oldwood. It's all of that or Merrickville. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's a common story, though, isn't it? I mean, my grandfather, we've spoken about previously, came as a 14-year-old in 55. There you go. Thankfully, he had his older brother here, but, you know, it's... Mm-hmm. It's an all too common story in this podcast, yeah. isn't it? It yeah. is. But we've got, I think, the 12 year old back in the 1950s was a lot more mature than a 12 year old now, I'd say, mm-hmm. in 2023. Yeah, but also lost. Don't forget mm-hmm. that a 12 year old these days could be, you know, bilingual. They could mm-hmm. speak two languages. Not then. Yeah. True. But yeah. they're a bit more mm-hmm. independent. I'd have to say. Yeah. Because I just got back from Greece. And tougher. Yeah, definitely. Because my mum was telling me stories. She was like five, six years old. She'd heard the goats up on top of this mountain on her own. On her own. My mother used to do that too. Yeah. So that's the way they grew up over there. You know, I couldn't imagine my 17-year-old doing that, let alone the 12-year-old. That's right. But they're a lot more mature and older back then, I'd have to say. And also back then there was no communication. If you wanted to talk to someone, Mm. you had to write a letter. Wait for it to go back there for about 20 days. Then they'd have to answer back another 20 days, come over here yeah. and pick it up. That would be like mm. a month and a half. Wow. And just, you know, scrappy yeah. writing. Were the reasons financial for him coming here? 
Usually it's that, and especially those days. Don't forget that in the mid-50s was about approximately 10 years after the World War II. Yeah. So, you know, Greece was destroyed and um, everybody would go away. It was either Australia, uh, yeah. Germany or yeah. the United States. Yeah. And we had the Civil War as well up till that 1949. Too. That's right. Yeah. We never really had a chance to ever really recover from anything, did we? It was no. one, into the, one into the next. Constantly. Yeah. 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 So fast forward a little bit and you're born here, raised here. What was it like for you to grow up in... I mean, it is it is your country, given that given that you were born here. But at the time, I'm I'm thinking that you were probably seen as an outsider in a lot of in a lot of respects. Yes, that's true. That's true because you would get the classical, typical um, blondie Australians. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were sort of more dark and with funny names, mm. and uh, yeah, you'd get a little bit of bullied and all that. But I I managed to get through that. Mm. Yeah. How did you manage? Because we've heard a lot of oh, stories. Well, it was just tough. Yeah, you know, I just throw punches. Yeah. That's oh, right. right. Yeah. yeah, so you had to yeah. literally fight. Wow. Yeah, that's that's how it was back then. And you got respect that way. Until I got bashed up by three because one of the kids brought his bigger brothers and they bashed me up under a bridge in Kayama. Oh, I still no. remember that one. Yeah. Really? But that, that's the way it was. Yeah. yeah. Tough times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because no. you were differently looking. Maybe our accent was different too. You know, yeah. funny name, Spiro. Yeah. Uh, some people call me Spyro, still do. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, because it's written with an I. Yes. So when, when did you actually go back to Greece? Uh, in 1970. 1970. And mind you that when we went to Greece, there was mm-hmm. still the dictatorship there. Mm. Yeah, so true. there was the dictatorship from the generals from 1967 mm. to 1974. Ah, right. So we went over there. I was 11 years old and my brother was nine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we went to a completely different place, atmosphere, different looking people. Mm. I got scared. In the, we all got scared in the beginning, you know, like me, especially me and my brother, mm. because we were younger and all these people were all dark and with beards and they mm. would look, you know, and... And you went back to Akrata? We went, yeah, we went straight to Akrata. Mm. That's where wow. we stayed. My father wanted to live there. He didn't want to live in the city. Yeah. So, so how he, old were you then? When 11. 11 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. When we went, we went in April, where in June schools finish. So we didn't go to school. Mm-hmm. It was like a long holiday for me and my brother. Mm. And we would go around all these places, and it was a fun time. It was good. Started to learn the Greek language because we didn't know. Mm. Being here in, in, in Australia, we, our parents would try to talk Greek to us. We could understand, but we would generally respond in English. Yeah. Uh, partly because we didn't, for, for one reason, because we didn't know how to speak Greek. Yeah. And the second reason was because most of the times we were embarrassed, especially in front of other people. Yeah, sure. We wouldn't want to speak Greek. Yeah. Even if we knew a few words. And you yeah. wanted to So assimilate. you had to try and pick that up yeah. over there while you were finding out cousins and friends and, mm. and all that. Mm. Wow. And then the reality hit in September, we had to go to school. <laughs> so that was a, a tough one. Yeah. Because what happens is I didn't go in the sixth grade, yeah. which was a grade I'd had to, like mm. the last class of... Uh, primary is it primary school yeah yep. i had to start from the beginning from oh, class right. one wow me and my brother wow so there was kids like this and then we were about a head <laughs> higher and then the other kids wow. so i had to do that for a few months to mm. start jumping from class to class yeah and then i reached up to fifth grade mm-hmm. and that's where they stopped me there because at the time in greece they would speak formal the schools were like, in, like informal greek it wasn't the greek that we speak every day oh. yes and it was tough for me because there were words I couldn't understand. What's informal? Is it a local well, dialect? Well, I, or? I'll give you. I'll give you an idea. It's not a local dialect. I'll give you an idea. Like psomi, mm-hmm. which is bread. Yeah. 
in formal Greek is artos, which you can hear it in the mm-hmm. church as well. A lot. Yep. I would hear artos and I'd say, what's that to my mother? And she said, psomi. Yeah. And I said, why don't they call it psomi so I can understand it? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. all this was really hard for me and my brother. Mm. And then at the time when you would finish primary school, you had to do tests and exams to pass to go into high school. So I wasn't ready for that. And obviously yeah. I went up to the fifth grade and they said, no, you'll do the whole thing again. Yeah. A year back from where you should be. Yeah. And then it'll be better for you. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Is this the period where you got into soccer? Well, tell us about how you became well, a fan of football. Well, from school, first of all, and then after school because there was, was no... Was uh, it in Australia or was no, it in no, Greece? No, no, that was in Greece. So Australia? Australia, no cricket, soccer at all. tennis? Cricket, tennis, and watching soccer, the English soccer from uh, from TV. Okay. Uh, who, there who, was star soccer then. There was a so program. you had an interest. Yeah, yeah. I, li- I liked it. Yeah, and yeah. I used to draw a lot. Okay. And I used to draw soccer games with players and all that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Who, who was your team? Uh, well, Manchester United. Okay. Wow. okay. Sorry, if you guys are Liverpool. No, no. Oh, my son. I am, but <laughs> so I'm, I'm Liverpool. But my son's probably doing cartwheels upstairs. Oh, yeah, okay, if you heard it. Oh, he's got a massive. Come down, son. Yeah, he's, he's mad. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Manchester United, and um, when I went to Greece, right, uh, there was this goalkeeper who used to play. He's older than I am. Uh, it's probably mid seventies now. He used to play for Panathinaikos. And his surname is Economopoulos. He, he was, mm. He's considered one of the best goalkeepers ever in Greece, right? So when I went there at the age of 11 and I started watching football over there, I heard the name straight away and I thought, you know how kids are, I'm going to be like him. Mm. We had the same name as well. Sure. So Not related you know, in any way? No, no. Not- so I became a Panathinaikos fan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really funny because when I was going to school and I was playing and I was really good at it, I started to become really good as I was, as I was playing. I had this school um, you know, uh, mate that we used to go to school together. He was an AEC fan. Mm. Now, back in the day, it was mo- majority Olympiakos Panathinaikos and a few AEC. Yeah. You know? And he was like, they, they used to stand out. And as I was playing one day, I was playing this game and I was really good. I don't know how, but he turned around to me and says, you know what? I think that one day you're going to play for AEC. I don't know how he said that. Wow. I still remember wow. it. It's and still how, ringing in my head. And how age. old? How old were you at this time? 13? 13. Wow. 14? So you just started Next. playing, so you got picked as goalkeeper because you could catch? Yeah, and then I started at 13 years old. I started playing for the local team. As goalkeeper? I was or yeah, you... a goalkeeper, and I was a reserve. Like the, the first goalkeeper was like 28 years old oh, right. or something, and the reserve goalkeeper was 13. <laughs> wow. Or 14. I was really good. Did you have a bit Shit. of height back then? Uh, I actually grew my height after 14 years old. So around 14 to 15, one summer I just, boom, grew. Yeah, because you're about six I wasn't foot really two. tall in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. I was really agile and fast. Wow. So you're 13 and you're reserve goalkeeper for the... For the club. Which club was it? Akrata. Akrata. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. The big guys were playing. They're like 30-year-old, 32, 28, 25, 26. So they saw you in the schoolyard. This kid's yeah. good. Yeah, Did you yeah. play... What was your first game? Tell us about your first game that you played. Look, I didn't. I played a few friendlies when, when I was reserved, but what really happened was in... Did uh, you have an age group? Were you playing for 13s or something? No, like that? They were, there at the town it was just... Everybody all together. Okay. And even when I went to AIC, it was kind of like those days there was like the SAP, the really young kids. Yeah. Yep. Then you would have a group which were the teens, mm-hmm. which would be anywhere between 15 and 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And then you would have not exactly the reserve team, but it was like a second team of, of okay. the professionals yep. where you were still amateur. Mm-hmm. Some of the good players would become semi-professional. Mm-hmm. 
and then there was a professional team yeah. and that was it wow. there was no such thing like today where you have all these different age groups and yep. you yeah. sort of move on and all that not then wow so you're 13 and you're quick re- pathway yeah. <laughs> yeah and you're reserved so what happened up. i was lucky because at my hometown one of the people that were high ranked in the committee of AEC mm. was married to a lady from Akrata. So yeah. the words started going out. Akrata was also sponsored by AEC. So our, mm. our first, in 19, I don't remember when it was, but when we started actually participating in the league, which had teams from Egyo, Patra and all those areas, we were sponsored by AEC. So our, our, our official uniform was yellow and black. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, now it's different anyway. So um, the word went around, and he brought down my later mentor, mm. Stelio Serafidis, who was one of the legends goalkeepers of AEC, and he was a coach at the time. Right. So they brought him down, and in 1976, 77, they took me to AEC. So we moved to Athens with my mother. My parents had separated at the time. Right. And we moved to Athens with my mother. And I started training for AEC, for the, the amateurs and young team, yeah, and then on the weekend I travelled to Akrata yep. to play. Wow! So I was wow, the first okay. choice goalkeeper. Yeah, okay. I play. Yeah. I was like seventeen years old then. Mm. Yeah. 16, 17 years old. So wh- how old were you when you made the move to Athens? About sixteen, seventeen, wow. nineteen seventeen. So you landed as an eleven-year-old, thirteen-year-old. Yeah. You're reserved for Akrata. Yeah, and then by you impressed everyone in that area. Yeah. So the next three years, you're in Athens with yeah. Ake. Wow. Yeah. And I was playing for Akrata. So I remember then I'd go to school. And uh, then school was even on Saturday mm-hmm. in Greece. Right, okay. And unfortunately, there were weeks where I was afternoon. So I'd finish Saturday afternoon around 6, 6.30 in the afternoon. I'd have to leave straight away, take a taxi, go down to the buses, take a two-hour drive down to Akrata with the bus, end up I don't know what time and then go to bed and prepare the next day to go play a game with wow. the team and come back because Monday morning I'd turn mornings Monday morning I had to go to school again wow and in between I had two to three training sessions a week for AEC and I had to move quite a distance from where I used to so mm. I had to take two buses and a train and walk a couple of kilometers to go for training and come back so where in Athens did you live because I'm assuming well, that's in, I used to live in Zografo Okay. So then, as you can imagine, Zografu is one area and one place, and now Philadelphia is in the other side. I was going to say, yeah. now Philadelphia, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing, so is where you used to I had to take train. buses, I had to walk, I had to take the train, and then walk again. I mean, it takes commitment, and at that age, what was that like for you? Was it a bit of a culture shock to say, I'm almost a semi-professional or a professional you footballer feel, now? You feel like an alien, first of all, because mm. I was still going to school. Yeah. I, was st- I hadn't finished high school yet. Mm. I was in the fifth grade of high school. Yeah. Uh, that's what it was called at the time. Yeah. Now, if you tell me year 17 or whatever, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> so it was yeah, year five in, in high school. Yep. So I remember because we had a certain amount of sickies we could take from school to be justified so you could not miss the, the term. I remember bodies are the baloshes. Yeah, I remember my friends, as soon as the weather started being really good in April, mm. they used to take the sickie to go to swimming or play pool, and I would take a sickie every week to go and do an extra training session. Yeah, right. So I felt like an alien because all my friends were associating together, trying to find girls, you know, all the good times, yep. and I was like, you know, you have to serious. go there. Yeah, wow. So I had a commitment, although I never knew if I could become something or not. It just that that's the way I was from a kid, wow. always. My mother used to tell me, she said, any time you would prepare to go to play a cricket game, away from Kayama where I had, 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 to suit, had a suitcase with all my stuff, I never fixed anything for you. 
Mm. You would open the suitcase and put your socks and put your uniform and everything, close it, take it with you, bring it back. Mm. I don't know. I was, that was probably my character being disciplined from, from yeah. a young kid. Mm. Yeah. Unbelievable. So you're, how are, you're about 17 now. Yeah. You've gone to AIC. Obviously, you were impressing there. People were... Mind you that the first time I saw a pitch with grass was then. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, because where you used to play in the, in the towns, yeah. it was all gravel. Yeah, yeah. And your training sessions were there too. Yeah. Mind you, there was no actual goalkeeper kits, especially for pads, for, mm. for elbows or knees or hips or whatever. We just had a cheap pair of gloves and mm, that was yeah. it. And so you had to dive. Wow. So you being on a, on, a, on a grass pitch would, would have been like being oh, a First filter. of all, when I walked and saw it, I thought, well, this is probably painted or yeah. something. It, was, it looked like a painting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So I thought, what a luxury to have. That's right. Yeah. So you grew up in a country town in Kaima. Went to Karata, which is a, a country town small again. country town again. And like Kaima, because it's almost the same distance from, Ath- from Athens, from Sydney. Really? Almost the same distance, maybe 30 kilometres further. Yeah. And it was on the beach. Mm. Yeah, well, wow. I was on the beach too. And then you move into a big city like Athens. Yeah. So that would have been an eye benefit for you alone. Yes, because we went to school again. There was that thing you don't know anybody, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know how the how the kids could tell, but you look like you come from the countryside. Mm-hmm. All right. Then for the first time in my life, I went to an all boys school, mm-hmm. used to being from Australia. Anakarata into a mixed school. Mm-hmm. So no girls, it was just guys. It was tough too. Okay, so from there, was it 1977 you had your first game for AIC? In the top, yeah, I started top playing in the, in, in the youth. In the youth, yeah. Um, the, the teens sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We won the championship in the south and we beat Pauk, who won the championship in the north. Mm-hmm. We beat them, we played in Trikala. I remember that game. Wow. And we beat them and we won the whole thing. Now, mind you, my first game, right? Yep. Now, when I used to play in Akrata, yep. it was about 100, 200 people, mm-hmm. something like that. Right. Now, my first game with Aik in the teens was against Olympiakos in Kareskaki. And we used to play just before the big game. Really? All right. So I walked into the pitch. There was about three, four, five thousand 5,000 people yep. at the time. Second half when we had the break and we walked in, it yep. was packed. 40,000 people. Really? 40,000. Because then it, there was no like live uh, on TV or whatever. And yep. they used to follow. They used to like watching the young kids as well because talents would pop out. It wasn't these times where you get all these Africans and mm. everybody's a European. Then it was Greek. Yeah. And the, the, all the clubs in Europe had only two foreigners. Mm. You know what I mean? So it was all Greek. Yeah. And that's why people were really interested in watching the young players play too, to find out the new talents and whatever. So I walked in, I walked in the second half literally with 40,000 people. And they're all against us. Yeah. Tell us about the abuse. Have you, have you ever well, heard you, anything like did that? Did you cop abuse at that young oh, age? Oh, yeah, of course. At that young age? <laughs> yeah. So you were like yeah, 16. Yeah, because were, I was playing exactly behind the whole um, yeah. stand of Olympiacos. <laughs> I've the second a, half. a lot of questions on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Forget about it. Or maybe we can start now. <laughs> but you know, that winds you up, though. Yeah. It, the, the bad part is when you're playing bad and you hear, you know, from yeah. your own. Yeah, okay, uh, okay. When you hear that, it really brings you down. Yeah. But so, when you hear it from the other ones and you know that, oh, you know what, if they're swearing at me, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Or yeah. we're good. The whole so team. That, that motivated you. Of course. So if, course, they weren't, you if they weren't swearing at you, you'd get... Oh, there was no way. We're okay. Greeks, mate. You know that. Yeah. Some of the greatest sledges I've ever heard in my life were at a Greek soccer game. 
Yeah. At a power game, actually. Really? It's, it's next level there. It's unbelievable. Well, maybe Spiller They're very creative as well. You know, the, the, most, the most creative fans yeah. that used to come up with all these chants with swear words and all that was yeah. the Panionio. Right, and the guys that were they, they they would the guys that were standing at the down at the ground level. Um, yep, they would like, there was a how do you call the kagula the like the barriers the netting yeah, that the, put, yeah whatever yeah. they would stand behind that they would walk around they would swear yeah. at the guys upstairs and they would swear at the the guys in wow. the soccer players. Can, can you give us some examples of what? Oh, would I don't. Be? I don't. <laughs> we we don't can know. always edit it if it's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> we don't usually edit that stuff out. Uh. Does anything come to mind? Or? Oh, there's a lot. There's yeah. A, there's a lot. Yeah. Okay, so all talk right. about your mother and all that sort of stuff. Oh, a lot. A yeah. lot, yeah. yeah. Or, Fair enough. Your team would score a goal towards the end and, you know, all the, the whole ground would start saying, Ketorabori yeah. tenapanagamifita, okay. and all that. Classic. I'm saying it in Greek, so... Yeah. yeah. You know, stuff like that. It's, it's hilarious, actually. If, yeah, you, yeah. If, if you're in the stand and you're listening... Yeah, it's great value. Oh, it's hilarious. hilarious. That's, that's why people yeah. go to the games. It's that's entertaining. Right. You don't Absolutely. see that on TV. Absolutely. Yeah. And there was not much violence then when I was growing up as a soccer player. Yeah, really? Oh. Yeah. I'll give you an example of, mm. of how creative they are. Right. <laughs> I used to have friends, singers. Now, mm-hmm. you've heard of Yanis Parios, right? Of course. Yeah. Now, we used to be friends with Pario. Okay. So he would tell me that he was invited once. Yanis Parios is one of the really high top members of Panathinaikos. Mm-hmm. Right? He's a Panathinaikos. Mm-hmm. So he told me he was invited to go and see a game, Olympiakos Panathinaikos, Stokarais Keiki. Yep. So he says, I go with my car and I go into the VIP section mm-hmm. to park my car. And then there's fans from Olympiakos, they see me. But apparently the people that were supposed to come and, and, and pick him from the parking to take him in yep. uh, were a bit late. Mm. So he, he gets out of the car and there's all these people now that's surrounding him. And they know he's Panathinaikos, right? Yeah. So he goes to me. I thought they were going like, to attack me or whatever. So suddenly they all started singing together. Yeah. Da la ras, da la ras. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. The other big singer. Wow. You know? like so just to, just to get to him. You just know to rile I mean? him up. So that's creative. That, yeah. That's a nice, I like that kind of, yeah. you know, it's rivalry. Witty. It's very witty. Yeah. But you these know. days it's like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. With Which, a knife. Which we saw recently, unfortunately. I think that's a global phenomenon. Mm. It has to do with the suppression that people have, especially lower class people. Then you get all these people that are extremists or fundamental fanatics or Mm. whatever you want to call them. And they just mingle themselves into clubs like uh, fan clubs Mm. because there's an anonymity, anonymity, you know, so... I'm anonymous, you know, I create whatever I create because I'm against the system or the government or whatever you want to call it, Mm. and I just find a place to hide. And and Mm. that's how it usually happens. Or you get extremists, you get Nazis, you get a lot of people in there. Yeah. And I'm not talking about Greece now, I'm talking about general. In general, it's a global thing. Yeah, Yeah. and it's a global thing. And unfortunately, I think that only England has has done the best. Oh, really? And it took a lady to do it, Thatcher. You remember that? Mm. Okay, I remember the... The game Liverpool against Juventus mm. when it all started at Hazel mm-hmm. in Belgium when that when people were killed. Yep. Then the English teams got banned from, I think they got two or three years from the UEFA and then Thatcher said no, seven years. Mm. And you know how much money that cost all the clubs and yep. you know mm. all that. But she didn't care. Mm. She said this is the way we're going to fix it. Yeah. And then they implemented the video cameras and the laws that said if you get caught in any game mm. anywhere, you're not allowed to go in any other game again. Yeah. For life. Mm. So imagine if some, you love 
soccer or football yeah. and you get banned and yeah. you can't go and see even a local game. Yeah. You know, but th- that's what it takes. It's a great deterrent. Yeah, it is. That's what it takes. Well, it's the lifeblood of these communities, the, yeah. the football. That's what they live and breathe. That's so, right. yeah. yeah, wow. Yeah, look, I must admit, it, we felt quite safe. We went to a Man United and Everton game with yeah. my son. And, um, and I wasn't sure. Like, I've seen stuff on YouTube and you know, I start to get a bit nervous. I've got my 13-year-old son with me. And I said to him, look, maybe don't wear your United gear. Okay? Yeah. I don't know what, what we're in for here. I've seen a lot of things on YouTube. But look, he wanted to wear it. I thought, you know what? Fuck it. Just wear it. And it was a home game and nothing happened. It was all good. It was all amicable. Usually we nothing happens. First yeah. of all, because of of, um, of the way, as I said, that things yeah. are over there with the law. Yeah. It's very well, strict. Well, they segregated the, the opposition Well, that's people. what you do. Yeah. See, all that with, with what I mentioned with Liverpool and Juventus then yeah. started and happened because the Belgians sold to both teams in the same mm. area. Yeah. There was no barriers, there was nothing. Yeah. And that's how it all started. Liverpool fans attacked the Juventus, they started yeah. they tried to jump jump over yeah. and they got crushed and that's how it all started. Yeah. And I was surprised the game went ahead. Yeah. yeah. The game did go ahead. Yeah, wow. Well. And Juventus won that game with a penalty that was given to them. Mm. It was about a meter outside the box. Mm. Oh, really? Uh, he was he was tackled a meter outside the box and the referee went penalty. Penalty. And Juventus won beat Liverpool 1-0. And then that was I remember the- that. I was supporting Liverpool because I, I liked the English soccer. I yeah. didn't yeah. at the time. I wasn't aware of the rivalry. Mm. I never knew there was rivalry between Manchester United and Liverpool. Yeah, because when you're in Greece at that time, yeah, there's no information. Yeah, so I never knew about all this. I, I found out when, later when I was much older. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Wow. What was your first thought when you heard about that? You know, that young kid that was murdered essentially earlier this year between. You know, the Ajax fan when Dynamo Zagreb well, it, was there. it started, first of all, it started much earlier. There were other mm. fans, like in Thessaloniki, there was this guy, a young kid who was sitting uh, at a coffee shop having his coffee and mm. two, three blokes approached him and said, what team are you? Or they saw the yeah. Fanella, they were Park and they stabbed yeah. him. Mm. So this has been going on. It's not just with Michali. I don't know. I was really surprised because these people were a, a convoy of, of I don't know how many cars. Mm. And they left from Zagreb yeah. to come to Greece. And someone knew about it. Like Everybody tipped, knew about it. The off. police knew about it. Mm. And apparently the rumour is that they have been escorted and, and been familiarised with the area from a couple of Panathinaikos fans. Right. Yeah, that, that's the rumour. And in the videos you can see it as well. Because when they're attacking people, you can hear someone who can speak Greek, Greek, Greek yep. swearing. Look, as I said, I'm not saying that you know Ajax are saints. They're, in every club, there's there's a there's an element of it. Yeah. There's an yeah. element of it, and um, unfortunately, it comes, that's sad. You know? When it comes to targeting someone with a knife to stab them, I don't know, mate. I don't know if they're on drugs that, or something. I, yeah. You know, I can't pick up. I'm afraid to pick up a knife and, and pick something to eat. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone start chasing someone with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were in Greece when that happened, and yeah. I mean, the the mood changed completely in the, right. in the country when, when all of this happened and the return game you feel unprotected yes all right that's the word yeah. so what was the aftermath with all that did they end up arresting anyone they did- have arrested people yeah. some greeks some are from uh, uh from croatia and um, oh, they've arrested greeks yes as well oh wow yeah. but only a couple and the majority is people from Zag- from up there okay so there's a court there's an ongoing thing now I don't know what's going to happen. You and know. were the police reprimanded in any way? I don't know how to say it, but it's it's a funny thing because they had they had seen them, they knew because mm. they were on social media. These guys, yeah, 
Right? So they weren't hiding. The so fact. from Zagreb to Athens is like, I don't know, a thousand something kilometres. Yeah. yeah. So they knew about it. And, mm. and the funny thing is they didn't stop them at the last uh, toll road mm-hmm. bet- before Athens and yeah. tell them, look, we know you're here. Yeah. You're not supposed to be here. So yeah. if you come here just to have a look at Athens, we'll be monitoring you. Don't go anywhere near that area. But nobody told them anything. Because they have sort of like a brotherhood, yep. Panathinaikos, and, and like we, like Ayak had with Marseille mm. in oh, France. Right. They have yeah. a brotherhood. Really? You know what I mean? A yeah. connection somehow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 connection. Turning to more, you know, positive stuff. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that tribalism in, in, you know, in Greek football. You mentioned earlier that, you know, you had a soft spot for Panathinaikos growing up. Yeah, because it just happened that that yeah. player had my surname mm, yeah. and I was a kid. Yeah. So, you know. So how did it feel for you, given that tribalism, to then go to Ayak? Was that Were there any mixed feelings no, for you? No, no, no. There was no mif- mixed feeling, feelings at all mm. because I knew the person who took me there. Yeah. Because I told you he was married yes. to a lady down in Nakarata. So I knew yep. him. I'd met him. Mm-hmm. I knew who he was. And then, you know, I went to a big club. I mean, it's become a bit of a love affair for you yeah. now, And the it? funny part is about it that when I became professional, I started playing mm. for Ayak. Mm. The media, some big reporter from AEC, had organised a meeting for me yep. and that other Economopolo, who yeah, was right. still active at the time, wow. to meet and talk. So oh. for me, suddenly oh, so to see yeah. someone that I used to watch on TV and, and played in, in cards that you buy yeah. from the <laughs> Periptero, <laughs> yeah. you know, just meet him and, and sort of be on the same level with him, yeah. for me it was, you know, it was... Euphoric. Unbelievable. Wow. Yeah. So tell us about your, your first game for AEC mm-hmm. now. At the time, the coach had changed. There was a there was an Austrian coach who mm-hmm. uh, who was coaching the team, and he could see how hard I was working at training sessions. Mm-hmm. So I'd used to go there before an hour before, and I'd start training while the others were in the dressing room. Really, and then I'd do all the whole training, and then after I'd do a special training with the coach and with the goalkeeper coach, just the three of us, mm-hmm. for another hour. And I remember that the guy who was responsible. The two guys that were responsible inside for the dressing room and the, you know, to wash the clothes and all that would come out because it'd start getting dark, mm. and he'd start shouting. He said, "I want to go home. Come on, finish. I want to wash the clothes and go." Really, and that used to happen every day. Mm. So at some stage, because there was like a little injury with one goalkeeper, or the other goalkeeper was not playing that well. That so were you, were you second or third in line? I was third time? in line. Third in line. I was third in line because the, the first goalkeeper was around thirty years old. Mm-hmm. And the second goalkeeper was like 27 or 28. Mm-hmm. So I was 19 at the time. 19. All right. That coach, from what I read after and what I heard, mm-hmm. had considered to start me. Mm. But he was afraid. And he was afraid because the team was not playing that well. And he thought that, look, if I play that kid and he doesn't play well, they're all going to, apart from attacking him, they're all going to attack the kid as well. Mm. And he might, you know, it might be bad for his beginning of his career. Mm. So he sort of let it go try to protect and you. then he got sacked and then a greek um one of the greek old players from aik papapostolo miltos who who was after had become mm-hmm. the greek national coach uh, he came in and he saw that too and and when he was asked um he actually said these words he said that the amount of training that spiro does or the whole bunch the rest of do the same so all the others do one Spiro training. <laughs> really? He actually said that. And he, wow. he played me in the first, first game we played. We played in now Philadelphia mm-hmm. at home against Apollona. We beat them 2-1. That was your first game? That was my first game. So tell us right at the beginning. So when did you get the first tap on the show and say, hey, listen, you'll start? Oh, on did, Friday. Did you start or were you coming no, off no, the start, bench? No, no, start, start. 
So the coach comes in. Did he call you into his office? Yeah, yeah. He called me into his office and he said, "Look, did you get I, a bit I've nervous? Been, I've been, How are yeah, you feeling? Of course. Thinking, Fuck. What have I done? Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look, he stood behind me from the beginning. He said, "Look, I know that you're young and you're inexperienced. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you should fear about. You're very well trained. You play against the other players like Thomas Mavro, Bayevic, and all that. So he said, "Look, you're ready, and you don't have to worry about anything. Anything that happens, you're not responsible. I'm responsible." So that's what he told me. Wow. And so you have nothing to fear. Yeah. So I fr- told you on Friday. When You're was the game? Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. And how did you feel? So then the Saturday next... we went to the. Well, look. Were you shitting yourself? Yeah, Were you... Of course, it was concerns, you know. <laughs> what I mean? Because it's, this is the real deal now. Did you sleep? And I was like 20 years old. No, I did sleep. Yeah. yeah I did okay. Sleep. So I played that game, and funny enough or not, the next game was against Olympiaco. Yeah. And we were playing. So what were the sheds like? You come in. Yeah, you're at your home ground. You're about to start your first game. Yeah, what was it like walking out? Could you hear the crowd? Oh, Could yeah, you smell the the flares yeah, in the air? Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was really like really now that you know you walk in and you say to yourself, "Well, this is reality." You know, yeah, you got to show up and 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 play well. And I did play well. What were your teammates? Were they slapping on the back, wishing? Yeah, they were all encouraging, and, and they told me everybody, yeah. especially in the defence, they said, "Spiro, whatever you want, you know, goal kicks, we'll do it. Don't worry about it." Yeah, and all that stuff, you know, you know, feel free. Yeah, if you want to go out for go out for a cross, you just call it, and one of us will run behind. And mm. if you miss it, we're behind. Don't worry. Yeah. So you know, they were all all very encouraging because, yeah. mind you, at the time, goalkeepers at that age would not play for big clubs. Mm. You know, Panathinaikos had at the time Costadino, who was thirty years old. Mm. Yeah. Pauk had a, a Yugoslavian uh, Fortula. Mm. He was about thirty years old too. Olympiakos mm. was Arvanitis. Yeah. Mm. And then Sarganis as well. These, mm. these, all these goalkeepers were over twenty-six years old. Yeah. So they were like the and they were very, speci- very experienced. Mm. Yeah. So I was twenty. Yeah. No experience at all. The previous yeah. club was Akrata. Yeah. yeah. You know, on the gravel. Yeah. yeah. You know so I mean? is, is soccer again? We, me and Tom have played rugby league, and we always say to get rid of your nerves, you got to get your, your hands on the ball early or make a tackle early. It ha- it, look, is it, it helps the a same? lot. It helps a lot for a goalkeeper who's going to be judged probably by once in the game. Yeah, because you never know. Yeah, you know, and it could happen the 80th minute. It's you just have moments. to be warm and ready. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you come on, the whistle goes. Yeah, and how were you feeling? Well, then? I was okay because I, the, I was playing on the side where the like the fanatics are. Yeah, of Ayak and the, they were cheering, <laughs> cheering you on and all that, and you could hear occasionally people. Do you ever look back at them? Spirara, you know. Yeah, oh, of okay. course. <laughs> you know, don't worry, Mister Mastador. You know, stuff wow. like that. Yeah, you could hear that. Wow. Yeah, individual. And, and how did the game end? We beat them 2-1. 2-1. And then the next game now... Did you do any good saves in yeah, that yeah, game? Yeah, a couple of good saves too. Yeah. You know, it wasn't my fault for the goal. How was the goal? Oh, it was from a close range there. Okay, so. tapped it in. So anyway, yeah. So now the thing is that next week we were playing against Olympiacos. Yeah. Mm. All right? And we were playing... Olympiacos was punished... And we had to play in Chalkida, mm-hmm. which is like, I don't know, 70 kilometers away from Athens, something like that. We were playing there just and, 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 you know, nobody had, yeah. nobody knew who's going to play goalkeeper. Yeah. Because yeah. I played against Apollona mm-hmm. at home. Yeah. But now you're playing against Olympiaco, mm-hmm. right? So I found out on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And actually there was talks about it with the coach because, the, you know, how presidents were there. They, then they would talk with the coaches asking who's going to play and all that. 
And he told him that I'm thinking of playing Spiro again. And mm. the president was really worried. And he said, well, he's a young kid, you know. We're playing mm. against Olbiaco. It's not the same game yeah. that, as the previous one. Was is. it a home game? No, it was away at Halkida. Halkida. Yeah. But it was because it was Olbiacos, they were punished. They, okay. For some reason, I don't Got know. Yeah. Anyway, so the, the majority of fans were Olbiaco. At that game, I had a couple of friends from Akrata that were Olbiaco. And they found tickets and they took my father as well. Oh, really? So my father was sitting right in the middle of Olbiakos fans and he had to <laughs> shut up. And I was playing well that game. We, mm. we ended up drawing 0-0. Uh, zero, zero. Mm. Olympiakos. Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow. So, and I played well that game And were too. they the gun team at the time? Were they winning they, the league? They, they were winning the league then, yeah. Wow. Yeah, we were like third or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I played well there and then from then on I played for a while and then yeah. unfortunately I went to the army. Yeah. Mm. What, what was the away crowd like? In that they were loud. Game. Yeah. What were they? You remember anything they were saying to you? Oh, not really. They were cheering mostly against Olbiaco. But I remember yeah. some of them saying, like when I would go and get the ball from close to, Adriaguri, yeah. because I was like tall and thin. Well, wow. I was not really built <laughs> yet. I was cucumber. twenty years old. Yeah, like, yeah. A, and that's the expression you use in in Greek. Adriaguri. Really? Wow. Yeah, you know, classic. And then my father, you know, so they, they don't they were throw stuff at you, do they? No, they don't throw. No, no there, there was not much of that. Okay, not really. Mm. No, it was just verbal. Yeah, so yeah. Nidlaw, that would have been massive. And, yeah. and your dad would have been proud in the crowd. Oh, yeah, of course, but he couldn't talk. Yeah, he couldn't say anything. <laughs> I said, pretend that you're mute or something, you yeah. know, or you can't hear. And, you know, and you do any you're big You're going to hear a lot, so... And he did some yeah, big yeah, saves? Yeah, I, I did a couple of big wow, saves. Wow, so you saved the team. And, yeah, yeah. and what was it like in the change room afterwards? Are they all... Oh, yeah, and, and, you know, I could see because... I don't know how this was, because this was just a, a, a place that there's... Chalkida um, used to play, which was like a third division oh, team. Oh, right, okay. So yeah, wasn't. both dressing rooms were close to each other. Yeah. And then all the toilets and the and the showers were common. Common. Mm, so right. when we went to have a shower after the yeah. game, I yeah. was with the Libyaco players as well. Oh, yeah. really? And I could see some of the players like really looking at me and, yeah. and even before in the game as well. Where, where were they looking? Some of the attackers <laughs> like, no, they were, they were looking. <laughs> So he's Greek, but he's not they, that Greek. They, he says. they were looking at me even yeah, in look the at game, cucumber. you know, like and because they never knew me, you know. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Sorry, the Tsipras <laughs> kicking. Right. Right. No, look, uh, I said it. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's but brilliant. anyway, even in the game, yeah. you know, like yeah. the, the players were really looking at me, and they were trying to figure out because I was really, um, how do you say, not arrogant, but yeah. you know, I was like You're confident. Yeah, really mm-hmm. confident. And they thought, you know, we've never heard of this guy. Who's this guy? He's like mm. 20 years old. What the yeah. hell's going on? And they could see that I was confident because I was going mm. out in my box playing with, yeah. with oh, the wow. feet as well when I had to yeah. and clear, you know, some forward passes and stuff like that. Or there were crosses I'd go out for. So you're you quite know. ballsy when yeah, you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, and they yeah, picked and up they, on it. Looking like that. Confidence is and everything. Especially Galakos because... Because Galakos had just come a few years before mm. and he was playing for Libya. Of course, he, was, he came from Germany, right? Yeah. Left footer. Yeah. Considered one of the you know, really good strikers that Greece ever had. Yeah. Mike Galakos. And he was for Olympia Course. Olympia Course. And so he was looking like that. And you could see he like sort of, what's going on? He was trying to figure out, you know. So sort it of sounds like he was... Try, trying to see if I had a weak spot or something. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So you're getting Sussing a bit of you out. Yeah. For yeah. the next time they're or playing. Or they're trying guys. to intimidate you, you know. Mm. Oh, but yeah. obviously it didn't work. No. Nah. You're like a Not bull, really. a raging yeah, bull. Yeah, especially in the beginning because probably I had uh, ignorance of danger. 
Mm. Yeah. Because I was young and I was really um, yeah. enthusiastic about the fact that I'm going to be playing. Yeah. So I, I never, you know, feared or had any knowledge about danger. Mm. Fearless. I was just in there you know, to do what I know. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's how it was. So once you got into the team, did you stay there for, for Yeah, I stayed for a while. Yep. And then after about, um, I don't know, about six months maybe or a bit more, mm. unfortunately I had to go to the army. Mm. Now that was the thing there back in the day when I was there. Because in the beginning I went as an, as an Australian citizen, but by descent I was Greek, mm-hmm. uh, there came a time at some age that I had to either leave, come back to Australia, mm-hmm. or do my paperwork and declare to go to the army because mm. it's mandatory, all right? Yeah. So um, I had to serve the army. Yeah. And, you know, back in the day it wasn't that easy as it is today. We had mm. problems with Turkey all the time. Yeah. You know, Turkey was sending spy ships out. Once you were in the army, it doesn't matter even if it's soccer, you couldn't just get exemptions and paperwork to hand yeah, out yeah. to say, so, yeah, you can go and do your training and come back in three days mm. or four days or whatever. But, and mind you that because I had to be close to Athens, the only way I could be close to Athens is to declare that I want to be in special forces. Oh, God. So, you know, <laughs> so either you Green Beret <laughs> or, you know, or Marine. So yeah. I was a Marine. Yeah, right. So I, when I went for a marine i had to do all the it was during the summer when we had holidays mm. i wanted to rest because it was my first eight months or something that i was playing mm-hmm. and i was you know mentally tired as well and i wanted yeah. to build up yep. and then i had to go and do marine training you know getting on ropes and going up and down hills and on ships and all of that stuff wow and i yeah. hear from people who are who i know have been in Ithikas Dinamas and, and whatnot that it's not just the physicality side of it, it's the it's mental, mental side of that's it. That's right. That's the key. Yeah, they wake you up and throw buckets of water yeah. on you and stuff like wow. that. That's what you the, yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. Remember yeah. what I was telling you about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So you could still play, even though you did special Well, forces. that's the problem. That, you know, when I started that, because the guys left and then I had to come back after a month to start pre-season training with a team, Yeah. because the facilities were not, you know... It's not like right. any eating at home and stuff. Ah, right. I wouldn't, or you would eat, and because they had the stuff out in the sun, you would get food poisoning. What, even for special forces? Yeah, yeah, and, and stuff like that. So yeah. what happens is I uh, started losing weight. Ah, right. So I was sort of, you can see even now, I was never really built up. I was muscly and toned, but I was never like, you know, a huge goalkeeper like Smichael, mm. for example. I lost about five to six kilos. Now, when you're 80 kilos playing... Mm-hmm and you go down to 74, and you're 185 height. Mm. That's very light, you know? So the wind can sort of blow you away. Okay. And you start feeling weak. And when you start feeling weak, your confidence drops. So then I had to go into pre-season, and then at some stage they brought in some other goalkeeper. And that's the story of my life. Mm. Because they bought me from Akrata, and they never paid. They only paid, I don't remember how much money they paid, but it was like a very significant amount Compared to buying a goalkeeper from another club, mm. professional club, right? Yeah. A goalkeeper who's ready to play. Mm. Right. They so we, bought me. I wasn't ready to play. Yeah. So was it professional back then? So you, is that your full-time Well, it started in 1979. Okay. Professional. So you're getting paid a full-time wage, yeah. supposedly. Didn't yeah. have to do a second job. And actually, my first friendlies as a professional was here in Australia. Oh, really? Really? Because I won that championship then. And one of the goalkeepers was playing for the national team. They had to prepare for this Euro 1980. Mm-hmm. So here in Australia came the second goalkeeper and me as a youngster, All 19 right. years old. So I played my first friendly in Melbourne. Wow. With Aik. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with Megas Alexandros at the time, yeah. <laughs> which is Heidelberg, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I played that game. 
And um, what a connection. Yeah, yeah it was all, it's like a karma thing because it's all connected here in Australia. Mm. You know? Yeah, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So, um, so special force. You were there for what twelve months? I was there for twenty, actually twenty six months because 26 I was punished months. as well another couple of months because I didn't show up in the. Um, well, it's called um, what is it called? Uh, when you have to, you go before to do some tests. And for some reason, I didn't get the notification. I didn't go, and you, you get two months jail. So you went to jail. jail as well. Well, you don't go to jail, but ah. it's, it's called two months jail. But that means two month extra okay. on top of your mm. whatever you have to months. serve. Wow. So I did twenty six months. Wow. So I'd stay inside for five days, and then they give me a day off yeah. to go and play a game and come back. So yeah. apparently, my form start dropping. Yeah. And, you know, confidence and all that. And then they bought this goalkeeper. He played for a while. And then after a couple of years, I bought another goalkeeper. I'd play a little bit. Then he'd play for a while. So up to about 29 years old, I was really literally playing a bit on and off and just Mm. being a reserve goalkeeper. Now, there are other clubs that are asking for me. Mm. But because at the time, football was not professional in the sense of, uh, you know, the philosophy and, and the way it is overseas being a cold 100% professional mm. oh he's not good sell him to another club they wouldn't do that there because you're considered a talent coming from your team roots yeah they don't want to sell you to another team and then you start playing well there of course. Yeah. and then the team cops like the president and the, the, the coaches yeah. cop the dirt yeah. then why did you sell him because he's a good goalkeeper or a good player yeah so if you didn't play you would be hostage in your own team. Yeah. You'd have to sit on the bench and shut up. Wow. And just train. Yeah. But all of this is a very far cry from the nickname that we mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah, Mr. Brodathlima. <laughs> Mr. Brodathlima. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that because you were part of a very... Before I tell period. you that, I want to tell you a story because I started off with telling you about the chubby kids and all yes. that. <laughs> so there's an incident. We went to pre-season to uh, Holland. Mm-hmm. So we were out in this town outside of the big cities and all that because there's camps there and there's you know hotels and and facilities that you can train on and do all your pre-season training and that so at some stage at this town shows up Demis Roussos (laughs) he had a concert wow I don't know if it was lip syncing or not but he had this concert right and we happened to meet as we were walking Mm. we started to talk Mm. So when I told him my story, because he asked me my name and all that, and I told him, he said, I've heard of you. And I said, well, I've sung a lot about your song, so I don't know, <laughs> needless to say what I know about you. Yep. Uh, he told me the story that when he was a kid too, he said, you know, because you remember Demis Roussos, yeah, when, he was, was when he was healthy, he was, he was Very a big well guy fed. with yeah. his long beard and his uh, kimono and all that yeah. stuff that he used to wear. <laughs> That's it. You know, the he hip, was a picture the of hippie, health. The hippie. <laughs> so yeah. he told me that, you know, when I was a kid, I used to play goalkeeper too. Yeah. You know why? I had yeah, the sandwich yeah. in my hand, he said. <laughs> classic. So classic. We started laughing and I remember that incident always. Yeah. So I, I wanted to say that because, yeah, the, look, That's brilliant. Demis Roussos at the time is like meeting, meeting a big superstar Absolutely. In, in singing here and, and having a conversation sure, out of the blue. These times you can't uh, because there's so many security yeah. and all that. You can't see these people. Then you could just walk up to them. The thing that spun me out about Demis Roussos, because I, did, you know, I didn't know too much about him you know, early on. And when I started doing my research, I found out about you know, the band that he was in, Aphrodite's Child. Yeah. Imagine being playing next to Vangelis. Exactly. That's where I was going with this. Wow. The guy who wrote Chariots of Fire, yeah. mm. you know, like they were in a band together. Legends. Unbelievable. Yeah. 
Anyway, I digress. No, <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah, a, that's a good right. digression. So, yeah, I knew all that because mm. of my age I, and I like music, so I'd follow mm. a lot. And uh, I knew all that and we had a very nice conversation mm. for about 10, 15 minutes and then he had to go. Yeah. We couldn't go to the concert, yeah. unfortunately, because <laughs> we had to go to bed early. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so the, the, the question yeah, was sorry. about, you know, going from the army effectively and being down on form to then all of a sudden having this nickname, Mr. Ch- you know, Mr. Championship effectively. Okay, so I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. Um, that was, that started in 1988. So mm-hmm. towards the end of the, of the season 87, 88, because mm-hmm. it's half, half year, mm-hmm. you start in September, you finish in yep. June. Uh, I started playing for a while mm-hmm. and I played well. We managed to go into the UEFA competition, like mm-hmm. the Europa League it is today. We qualified yep. for yep. that. Yep. I think we came third or something. Mm-hmm. At that time, there was a, a coach that, that finished his contract and, and the president that left and sold the shares to another guy who owned Buzuka. Right? His name is Stratos Gidopoulos. He was the president. Mm-hmm. He used to be a goalkeeper too. He used to play for Orfi. Right. Now, he was in the night business. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, the newspaper said that he biggest a bazooka because he bought the shares, you know, and yep. all that. Yep. So he managed to bring Dusan Bajevic as a coach, mm-hmm. who was my teammate when I was younger. Right. Starting at the age of 20, mm. he was my teammate. So he knew me. But that, mean, that doesn't mean anything. Mm. He knew me and he knew Stelios Manolas. We were the only two that came from that generation mm. playing with him as teammates. Right. He left after. He went and played a couple of years in, in Yugoslavia. Then he became a coach over there and then they brought him over here because he knew about the Greek. Uh, he knew yeah. how to speak Greek. Yeah. He knew about the Greek, uh, you know. Greek league system. All that, yeah. you know, the teams and, and, and the mentality as well. Yeah. And it was pretty good. So he came in as a coach, right? And we started our preseason. We went to Austria. There was only me and another younger goalkeeper. Mm. So usually clubs have three goalkeepers, right? Yeah. So we went up there. We, I started playing really well. And then they brought Adonis Minu from Panathinaikos, who was playing in Panathinaikos the previous year. So again, I felt like, look, now I get a chance to play again. They bring mm-hmm. someone else again. So what's going to happen is mm. I'm going to get less chances. Mm-hmm. He plays a little bit well or decent. He's going to yep. get the position because they paid yep. money for him. Yeah. It's like buying a new studio yeah, and still yeah. working with the old one. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to use a new one, right? Yeah. So it's the same thing with soccer and yeah. back then too. Yeah. So, you know, I started, uh, I started feeling uncomfortable and I told the coach and he, he's put me down. He said, look, I can understand your frustration. I've, I, I know a few things because they've told me previously what's happened. I, I don't know if – I don't want this to sound like a cliche or, or, you know, that I'm telling you something that you think I'm going to be lying at you. Mm-hmm. But he said, I'm going to give you all the same chances. Whoever's the best for me is going to play. Yeah. Yep. And that's why he said, I'm telling you, because I don't want you to be frustrated and start kicking the bucket with the milk, mm. if, if you understand my, yeah. my expression. Terminology, yeah. So he said, go for it. Yeah. And if you're better than him, I don't care if he's a transfer. I don't care how much money they paid for him. Yeah. If you play better than him, yeah. you will play so that gave me a bit of a, you know... A like, confidence. Like that bell in Rocky. Yep. Yeah. The bell that yes. hit and he yeah, went yeah, yeah. out and started punching. <laughs> yep. So the same thing. Mm. So we played the friendlies and I, I actually was really good. Rocky too. Rocky, well, whatever Rocky. That bell used to go always when, yeah. when he used to switch. It was Rocky too. Yeah, anyway. His wife so came out of the coma. That's right, that one. The wife came out of the coma. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and I played well and then he played me. That's it. Yeah, wow. And that was history. 
and that was 1989. That it, was eight, 19, beginning 1988 season, yep. 1989, so yeah. September. Yep. So we played in the European League as well. I played yep. very well as there. So tell us about the year. Obviously, you won a few trophies that year for AIC. Well, yeah, we won um, – well, we actually won the league after yep. 10 years because mm-hmm. it was usually either Panathinaikos yep. or uh, Olympiakos. Yep. Mm. The previous – one, 1987-88, was won by Larissa. It was the first mm, wow. club from the country yep, that won the, the title. Yeah. So we were second. Um, so we won it that year. I was voted best player of the year. I started playing for the national team as well. Mm. Yeah. And then come the next season, starting with pre-season, there's always a game that's called the Super Cup. Yep. And it's a team that's won the league against a team that's won the cup. Right. So we played against Panathinaikos, and we drew, and then we had penalty shootout, and I saved Kalanzi's penalty, <laughs> and we won the title there as well. Wow. So, and yeah. that's where you got the nickname, Mr. Yeah, championship. Yeah, yeah. From, from, actually from the title, because uh, during the championship, the point system were different, was different than it is today. Mm. So instead of three for the win, yeah. one for the draw, and nil for losing, yeah. it was... Two for the win, yeah. one for the draw, nil okay. for losing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So imagine when you're winning, yeah. you're not actually going too far ahead because it's only two points. Yeah. So if your team that's chasing you or was with you yeah. drew, you'd only have one point different yeah. Yeah. instead of two. Yeah. Now, if that happens twice and you have three points difference, yeah. suddenly it's four points different yeah. or six if yeah, they lose. that's right. But in that system, it's... We were always close with Olympiaco in Panathinaikos. Yeah. So it was an ongoing thing, you know, it was a close towards, competition. until the end. Yeah. We actually played the game, the second last game of the season, mm. yeah. against Olympiacos in the Olympic Stadium, uh, 80,000 people. Yeah. And we were a point ahead. Close. And we played that game and yeah. we beat them 1 0. Yeah. And that's how we won, won the, the championship. Won the league. Wow. Yeah. wow. So what was And the I fi- saved three penalties that season. Yeah. Mm. All three penalties away. Wow. The one penalty we played in Calamaria, Thessaloniki, Mm. we were beating them 1-0. And the 88th minute, the referee calls a penalty. And I saved it. And it was a pretty hard one because it was really well taken Mm. and really, you know, strong. So I saved that one and we beat them. The other one was against Heraklis in Thessaloniki. Again, 0-0. 86th minute, another penalty, I save it. Mm. And the other one was against Ethnicor at their home ground. Mm. Uh, we were beating them 2-1, I think. Mm. And then around 75 minutes, they mm. win a penalty. I saved that one too. So they tried. They tried, but I didn't <laughs> let them. <Wow. laughs> so apart from those, I had a few good games as well in total. Yeah. yeah. So that's why they gave me that nickname. Yeah. How does it sit with you anyway? <laughs> I have no complaints. What, what do people say to you? No like, complaints. What, what were people saying to you around that time? Like it must have been unbelievable to Yeah, it's to an be over- overwhelming feel, yeah. uh, feeling. But, you know, I tried to be as discreet as possible mm. and I tried not to mingle too much with people. Yep. Uh, also at the time, because I was playing for the national team, mm. that means that every week or every two weeks we had a game. I play a game on Sunday with AIC, all right? I'd go home, get ready. On Monday I had to go to the national team. Wow. Train on Monday, Tuesday, play a game on Wednesday, come back home Thursday, Friday, Saturday, go with the team again for the mm. next game. Mm. So I was, all, I was mostly in the hotel. Yeah, yeah right. With, but with, you were the AIC or, or in the national team? Yeah. So my understanding was you were the, the talk of the town, talk of Greece that I time. I was, but unfortunately, you, you wouldn't get that big of a promotion because there was no free TV at the time. There was only yeah. two channels. Yep. Yeah. 
And there was no magazines or, you know, there was yeah. not much of that. But you did Towards win awards. Towards the end, there was. I understand you won a couple of awards yeah. that year as well. Yeah, Do you yeah, want to yeah. explain that, what those awards were? Well, the, the, the award of being the best player of the, of the league. So there was, a, there was a meeting in the Holiday Inn Hotel. Mm-hmm. So all the presidents came yeah. and members of the press and all that. And the players that were awarded. There was a first score award, which was Thomas Mavros. Yeah. Um, he who was gone at Panionios at the time. He was finishing his career. Yep. He started in Panionios. Mm-hmm. He came to Ayek and made his big career. Yep. And then the last two or three years, I think, of his career, he went back to Panionios. He actually won the first scorer. Wow. wow. So okay. we met there as teammates for so long. We used to hang out together as well. I've even got photos with him on a motorbike. Yeah. <laughs> you know, with shorts and stuff. Like wow. Going that to the beach or something. That might have been a huge honour, getting voted best Greek soccer player yeah. by your colleagues and by the media. And the media. Yeah, and, and actually, uh, you know, the vote was like my team couldn't vote for a, for a teammate. Yeah, right. They had to vote for someone else okay. from another team. And the same with so all the rest peers. of the teams. Yeah. So my team would vote... I think for Sarabakos, for Panathinaikos. Yeah. And then the rest of the teams would vote for whatever. And I got That's I got very, like, second was half the points that I got. Yeah. Wow. So I was... What a year. So it was unanimous, really. Yeah, unanimous uh, wow. recognition. And then there was another sporting award, which he got third. Yeah, yeah, I, I got third. I got After third. Nikos Galis was, was number one, who was, you know, exceptional. He was, uh, yep. he was crazy. He was like Michael Jordan in Greece. Yeah. yeah. You huge. Know? Yeah, and then, you know, the, the, the athletes that were in the classic, you know, track and field, like... Thano. Yeah, yeah. Thano. Yeah. She was pretty good then too. Yeah, and I got third. Got and third. and I, you know, you wouldn't usually get in the top five positions, you wouldn't usually yeah. get a soccer player. Mm. Yeah. You would get all the rest of the sports, you know. All the yeah. individual athletes. That's right. Yeah. Wow, yeah. what a year. Yeah, it was a, it was a great year. And then you made the national team for the first time in 89? No, I made the national oh. team in 1984. Oh, 84. Yeah, okay. when that coach who left AIC in 1981, Papa Postolo, became the the coach of the national team. Yep. Mm. And there was a friendly we played in, in East Germany. Oh, yes. right. So I had to go there with the team. Yeah. And actually, it's funny because my passport had expired. So the rest of the team left, yep. and I had to rush to go to the embassy and do the passport. <laughs> really? And then fly the next day by myself mm. through Budapest, Yeah. and somebody picked me up at the airport at um, Berlin. Australian passport or Greek passport? No, no, Greek passport. Like, Greek passport, okay. And uh, yeah, I, I had to use a Greek mm. passport. Yeah. So then he'd drive me an hour and a half outside in, I think it was Karl, Karl Marx Stad. That's mm. a, um, Karl Marx. Karl Marx is, mm, a, is wow. a city outside of Berlin because sure. that's, yeah. that's a time where Eastern we had the block. wall and all yeah. that yeah. stuff, you know? So what year? It's 80, yeah, 84. 84. Yeah. Yeah. 84. And I played half of the game there. Yeah. And, and what well. was that crowd like? That would have been... Oh, not really loud. A bit more passive? No, they were... It's, look, it was a friendly game. It wasn't okay. really... Yeah. didn't mean much. We, we drew, I think, 1-1, something like that. Mm. Yeah. It was a good, good result. Yeah. Because back in the day, those, you know, those Eastern side... It says yeah. here it was 1-0. Oh, no, one nil maybe, yeah. So, there you go. So, yeah, goal here or there, Tom. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yana, anyway, so... Yanis Yanakis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the thing, <laughs> the thing is that, uh, you know, the teams back then, they were really... It's not like today. Yeah. You know, because you had West Germany, but East Germany was equally strong. Yeah, definitely. Then you had teams like Poland or Romania or the United Yugoslavia. Yeah. They were really hard to beat, mate. They yeah. were really great teams, individual yeah. teams, like, you know, club... 
club-wise or yeah. the national team. They, they, they were crazy. And this is when, as you said earlier, this is when European football was European. That's right. This is pre a lot of the African players and the Asian players and all that sort of thing. I remember there was a there was a thing about the even about the players that came from other countries that mm. were Greek. Yep. For example, we had Patikas, mm-hmm. Jim, yep. who was Aussie Greek. Yep. And we had Frank Kloppis, who was American Greek. So they couldn't play them both. Yeah. But they were allowed to play either two then or three because that was in early 90s or yeah. mid-90s. They were allowed to play two or three foreign players and one, or more Yenizli, I don't know how you say that in, in English. Mm. So one of those players. And if they wanted to, A heritage to play playoff. Kloppis, yeah, mm. Jim had to come out for mm. him to fill his position. Oh, right. You're not allowed to have two of those players on the field. Mm. Wow, okay. And, you know, that was a great thing because that kept your national school... Yeah. Uh, national. Alive, national, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now, these days, you, you, you see France, okay, I know there were conquerors and all that, but you see, like, ten black players. Yeah. I'm, I'm not racist or whatever, but I'm yeah. just saying that it, French traditionally were not black. Well, what yeah. was that thing that came out yeah. during the World Cup? It was like... Um, you know that Africa really won the world. The, we're talking about the That's previous right, World because Cup. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. but Most look, look I have Africa. to point out though yeah. here that it's not France's fault because mm. I have read an interview by Mbappe's father mm-hmm. who said that they went. I think he's Cameroon or something. I'm not, I'm not mm. sure which one, w- yep. which country it is. Mm-hmm. He went to the to the the the, the, the federation there, yep. and they asked for a ridiculous amount of money for him to sign to become. <laughs> The African player for the na- to be able to play in the national team later, yeah. mm-hmm. and he said, "I didn't have that kind of money." And when I, you know, approached the French Federation, yeah. they said, "For free, bring him in." Yeah. So you can't really bra- blame France no, of for course that, not. Yeah. you know, because there's a lot of, especially in Africa or places where poor places, mm. there's a lot of monkey business going behind the scenes, you know, right. and a mm. lot of black market and stuff. Course. Yeah. So his in dad a way, was Cameroon. Cameroon. That's yeah. right. And his yeah. mum was from Algeria. Yeah. You reckon so, they're kicking themselves? Uh, well, Cameroon or Algeria? Yeah, Algeria's Cameroon. got a French connection, don't they? Yeah, they do. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Well, don't forget that uh, Zinedine Zidane is yeah, from Algeria. Algeria. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Very interesting. I'll have a little bit more. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, well, mate, I don't definitely. know if I'm talking too much. No, you're oh, doing yeah. well, mate. It's interesting stuff. There you go. I just wanted to touch on. So we we talked about how passionate the Greek crowd is. Oh yeah. I'm assuming the just a little bit, mate. Good stuff. Just a little bit about on the the coaches now. So I'm sure you'd have had some really passionate coaches, well, especially the Greek ones. But you know, uh, the, usually the big clubs. Yeah usually would mm-hmm. use, especially after uh, 1978, I'd say, 1979, especially yep. after that, they'd started using a lot of imported, especially, you know, like German, yep. Austrian, Spanish, yeah. a lot of them. Wow. So, so I had a lot of foreign. I, the only Greek I, I really had was uh, was Miltus Papastolu. And then at some stage in the mid-'80s, for a bit of time, we had Kostas Nestoridis, Mm. With one of the other Greek boys that were together, yeah, uh, just for a little period of time until they found, yeah, you know, the foreign coach. So you had a lot of foreign coaches. So, uh, so I'm assuming there'd be a, a huge difference in the change rooms at say halftime if you're a goal down. Would you get many massive sprays from the Greek coaches, or were the foreigners just as bad? Give us some examples. If no, I wouldn't say that the foreigners is that bad. I think the Greek ones, yeah, and we had also at some stage we had Nikos Alephados as well. 
who was well known for him to be, you know, like exploding type of guy. So tell us he was he was a that. lot of. Do you say prejudice when somebody believes in black cats and stuff like that? How do you say it? Superstitious. Superstitious. That's yeah. Right. yeah superstitious. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's superstitious. Yeah. He once was in a team, and they were going with the bus. Yeah. And a black cat passed in front. He said, "The bus driver, reverse, take the other street." Wow. Because he was so superstitious. <laughs> really. He used to always wear the same t-shirt at yep. the game. Yeah. Let's just say you, I'm wearing this. Yep. Yeah. Every game, as a coach, I Had would wear, wear the this. Same. Nothing else. So that's an arrostia. Yeah. At that's, that point. Well, you know. And then he <laughs> Did was. Did it very, work for he him? He was very explosive, you know, yeah. and you know, very passionate. Can you give us some? So, what, okay, I'll put a scenario. So you're down one nil. A game you should be winning. You go in at half time. You're come in. You're sucking in the big ones, having water. I'm assuming. Yeah. Do yeah. you have oranges at halftime? Oh, uh, you have electrolytes. Electrolytes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's under five stop. Yeah. Oranges. <laughs> the oranges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Electrolytes. And you sit in the chain, and you all sit down. You sit in your positions. Yeah, and it's quiet. And then what happens? Unless there's a bit of a quarrel between a couple of players because of some sort of. Wow. You know, does that happen? Oh, it happens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, look. Don't forget that everything's in line. Yeah. You know. Every, yeah. Everything's. Um, so it's is there, huge. Uh, is there a lot of blaming? Oh, you should have done that, or you should have done yeah, this. Yeah, that too. But you know, the, yeah. the coaches more, especially the Greek ones. Yeah, yeah. that so would be more. Is there aggressive. any failures thrown around in the no. change room? No. <laughs> not in not in professional level. Okay, it wouldn't happen. I've seen a baseball bat go through a wall in a first grade game. Yeah, well, I was outside the dressing room at yeah. the time. But. Well, there's a famous story about um, I think it was Alex Ferguson at United. Supposedly he kicked, oh, he a kicked boot the boot and he hit, and it uh, hit Beckham in the Beckham head. Beckham in the in the eye. But that's what they say. It was a boot. But <laughs> who knows? Well, Beckham says the same. So if you're uh, supporting okay. the story, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah, you never know. Were anything like that in your experience? Uh, not really. The only thing I do remember is that. Almost there was a fight between Alephados and Mavros because at the time Mavros was playing, but the team wasn't going well. Right? Yeah, usually and when happens. the team doesn't go well and you've got an attacker, like, for example, Ronaldo, yeah. if he's not being fed, he cannot do everything for you because yeah. he's got two players on his neck. Yeah. And it's hard to receive the ball without being hassled by one or two defenders, yep. then trying to control it, turn around and try to dribble and, and score as well. Mm. You can't do all that. It's, it's not easy. Yeah. So he went against Mavro, and in the second half he pulled him off. All right. And Mavro was never pulled off. It doesn't matter yeah. how bad he was playing, if he was playing bad. Because yep. he's one of those players that can, just can really turn around quickly, yeah. mm. shoot and score a goal yeah. at any minute. Yeah. That's how massive, talented, and, and yeah, de- determined was. he was. I know him well because we used to sleep in the same room yeah. with the, you know, when we'd go Bunt to the hotel together. with a team. Yeah. So I was with him, and I, I know his mentality. Mm. All right, you can see it. You know. Yeah. So um, he pulls him out, and then the whole yipper starts shouting his name. Really. And the coach got the shits, and he went out of the bunker, and he yeah. started, you know, having fights with the fans. Really? Oh, you should, f- f- you know, yeah. chant for Ayak and not for Mavro because Ayak's the team, Mavro's not the team. Yeah. And in the end, what happened? They sacked him. Oh, really? And Mavro had to leave, and he went to Banyonio. Really? And the funny thing is, the next year, Alefatos has gone to Pauk mm-hmm. as a coach, and Mavro went to Banyonio as a player. Scored him three goals. Karma is a bitch, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Very way to get back to the summer, isn't yeah. it? That's yeah. why the, there's a Greek ad. They, they add this. They, there's an ad about uh, chewing gum. Yep. And somebody says something stupid, like the one you have here, and says, oh, did somebody say KFC? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so something <laughs> like that. And the, and, and the ad goes, 
It's better to chew than to talk. Yeah. So they show the the the, the tzikla. Kalitera oh, <laughs> na masas, para na milas. Yeah. You know. Wow. So, so that's Love the thing. It. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Now that you said Alice Ferguson, though, I have to I have to pull out a joke. Yeah. God. All right. So there's this Greek sports sort of show. Yeah. And one of the sportscasters is Sotiropoulos. Is one of the biggest ones that, that apparently he was doing this game where anybody could call on the radio. Yep. and ask him a question, and if he oh. didn't knew, know it, yep. <laughs> he would win something, a prize. Because this guy apparently was like Google yeah. at the time, right? I might have seen there, this on YouTube. There was no internet. Yeah. Okay? So okay, people were... He, 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 he had this TV for a... For, for a yeah. Like yeah. This huge TV for, yeah. for, for a gift. If somebody yeah. would call, ask a question, yep. and he wouldn't know the answer. Mm. Yeah. So he was answering to all the questions, and nobody yeah. would win the TV. Yeah. Yeah. So he gets the last call. He says, this is the last call. Yeah. And this guy calls, and he says, look, like that. Yeah. Look, anything I ask you, I know you're going to know. Yeah. So I'm going to ask any question I want. So yeah. he started laughing. Yeah. And he thought, all right, let's, let's give it a go. So he says, all right, give me your question. Yeah. And he says, what brand of chewing gum does Alex Ferguson chew? Wow. It's Ikla Masai or Ferguson. Classic. So he said, I don't know, you win the TV. There you go. That's a joke just because you said about Ferguson. He could have just, just made it up. Just to give you, you know, the... Yeah. Oh, I the don't concept. know, but, but, but it, was, it was live on the radio. You yeah. could hear it. Yeah. I've got to ask you now, in, in a similar vein, You've obviously seen Taki Tsukala's show. Oh, yeah, Olivia Costa. What do you think of that? I mean, it's, Look, it's, it's the most hilarious thing it's I've hilarious. ever seen on Greek Look, TV. Look, he's bi- obviously biased. Of course. Because he's Olivia Costa. Yeah. And some of the things he says is not right. But, you know, <laughs> you got to give it to him because it's really funny. And, and, and you know what? I enjoy the other guy. Yeah, he's, because he's the other saying, guy, yeah. when he does a boom boom or whatever yeah. he says, it just turns around and starts laughing like that, says nothing, <laughs> and you can see the expression on his face. It's hilarious. Uh, the, uh, or when he, fall, when he falls off the chair. Yeah. That's the funny one. Mm. Uh, yeah. Imagine having a show like that here. Seriously. It'd be it'd nuts. Never, it'd never get on. No, it'd <laughs> no, be nuts. Who, who would do that? It'd get banned. Probably. Like the, the yeah, yeah the because they, they used, uh, yeah, they, they used uh, language as well. Right? It's unbelievable. Yeah, profanity. Anyway, so, what was the year you had most caps for Greece? Remember, was that 89? That was 89, 90. Okay. Yeah, and those ha- two years. Tell us some of those games and what, were they for qualifiers? Okay, now one of, the games, one of the games I had, which was a friendly, mm-hmm. was one of the games that I consider my highlight yep. as who I wanted to play was against. It against England? It was against England. Yep. Lineker? So, no, Lineker was not playing, but mm. Peter Shilton was playing. Mm. And Gordon Banks was my favourite keeper. Yep. Back in the day, mm-hmm. although he wasn't playing for Manchester United, mm. and then later on, Peter Shilton was one of my favourites. Mm. That, that was before the time that they started importing goalkeepers. Right. These are the classic, you know, Ray Clemens for Liverpool. He was also an exceptional exception goalkeeper. Mm. Because I was a goalkeeper from a young age, I used to appreciate the goalkeepers, even though they would play for Liverpool or some mm. other team. Doesn't yeah. matter, you know, like uh, David Seaman who played for Tottenham, yep. I think, yep. uh, Arsenal. Mm. Sorry. England um, goalkeeper. Yeah, 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 English goalkeeper too. So I had the privilege of playing, first of all, against with against Peter mm. Shilton. Yeah. And we took photos together. I have photos at home, not here in Greece, yeah. where we're like this together. Wow. He was like 41 at the time or yeah, something. Oh, wow. He played his last, go- um, um, I think, World Cup in, in Italy then. Mm. 41, 42 years old, something like that. So this is someone that you would have w- watched as a kid or of course. Almost. Of course. 
Wow. And then I played against players like, for example, John Barnes, who was playing for Liverpool. You know, remember the, the mm. dark player, John Barnes? He scored one of the goals. Yeah. And then Robson. Mm. For United, he scored the other goal. So you're playing against these players now, right? So Robson's got a statue at Old Trafford. Yeah, of that's him. right. Against wow. him, you wow. played against them. Yeah. So you'd face the, you'd watch these guys coming at you. Yeah, that's right. Wow. And you know what you you're facing, you expect, right? You know what you what you face. So for me, yeah. even though it was just a friendly and it wasn't you know one of those games that you play for a qualification or whatever, yeah. for me that was the highlight of my career as a national player. And what was the score in that game? We we lost two one. Two one. We actually scored first. Really, mm. we scored first with Saravaco. He won a penalty, and mm-hmm. like in the first minutes in the opening. Yeah, and then Barnes equalised in the first half. He yeah. had this free kick. Yeah, he kicked the ball over the wall. Mm-hmm. I dive for it. Yeah, I save it. The ball, as I'm in the air, hits yeah. the post, hits yeah. my back, and goes in. Oh, so I was a bit wow. unlucky there. Mm. And then the second goal was a strike from the from the 16 yard box from, from yeah. Robson. It went. Wow. Where you can't catch it. What would it be like? I can't even imagine what it would be like. You're watching these missiles come at you. Oh, yeah. First of all, you can feel the, the, you know, the presence of them. Mm. And that is something I want to point out with the national team of Greece that made it through the Euro mm. and won the Euro. Yep. Yep. Now, the huge difference between that team and all the previous teams, I can tell you something. A lot of some, not a lot, but some of the previous teams, the amount of talent and personality that was on those teams were much better than the team that actually won the Euro. But what was the huge difference was that a lot of the players in that Euro that we won were actually playing for some times in European teams, which meant that, for example, one of the players was Totti's teammate. Playing with Totti, who's a legend for Roma, Yeah, you're training with him every day. Mm. So after the first starstruck that you have... Mm. After about a month, you feel equal because you're training with him every day. Mm. So you can test him. He can test you. Mm -hmm. You can go against him. Then you're playing in the same team. So when you are now playing in your national team against him, Mm -hmm. you don't feel that... There's no awestruck. Like the team that played in the World Cup and played against Maradona. Mm. Manola was telling me that they had shit their pants (laughs) when they were looking at him. Yeah. And he had that looking like a devil because I, I don't know if he was under coke or something, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But he had that look yeah. that that he's going to destroy you, yeah. and he did. They beat us four mm. nil. He scored yeah. one or two goals. I don't yeah. remember. Smashed them. Yeah. So you know, so that team had that privilege. A lot of players were playing in Dynamo Moscow. They were playing in Portugal. They were playing in England. Yeah. They were playing in um, in Italy. Mm. So when they came as a team, they did have like a good team too. I'm not saying that they weren't yeah. talented. They, mm. Of course they were. Mm. But because the, the, the market opened up mm-hmm. and Europe was looking for talent with less money, yes. mm. okay, the doors opened up for the Greeks. Yeah. Because now I can have more than two players, foreign players in my team. Mm. So let's try them. But before, when you had only two players, you would go for the market that was guaranteed to bring you talent. Sure. Mm. You wouldn't go for the Greeks because they were known as undisciplined. Mm. So you wouldn't get a Greek. And that way, I remember the first player who went overseas was Anastopoulos. He went to Avellino. Mm. And it was such a big thing. And Avellino was a team that just came up from second division in Italy. He played a couple of cup cup games and scored. He went well. Mm. And then after, he didn't do much. And that was it. But... These players had a good career at the time. Yeah. Say, Daridis was playing for Dinamo Moscow. Yep. 
you know, and, and, and you know, Caragunas and everybody. Mm, yeah. So they blended together. We were lucky as well. We were lucky because the teams we played against, a lot of players were playing in the Champions League, especially France. Mm. So they were playing with the English teams that were competing to the end of the Champions League at the time, all right? These players were really killed. They had played 80 games or whatever. Yeah. You know, so they were really, you know, they were struggling to, to walk, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so we were fresh, yep. more fresh, and we had the ambition. Yep. We had a German coach for the first time, yep. uh, like a foreign coach for the national team. He was pretty good at giving the players a good psychology and all that mm. and believing in themselves. Mm. You had a bit of luck as well. You didn't lose more than 2-1 against Russia, yep. which passed you through the next round. Yeah. And the rest is history. Definitely. You played against Portugal in the opening game yeah. where yeah. there was a lot of anxiety for them. Yeah. Ronaldo was 17 at the time, 17 yeah. and a half. Yeah. They lost that game and then you play the final against them again. Yeah. And they have the anxiety for them from the first game yeah. Yeah. and lose the second game as well. Yeah. That's how you win it. So timing and a few things play yeah. a very big role. So many things need to line up to be able to win a premiership. That's right. And in this instance... Yeah. Everything that you've just spoken about, all yeah. of those, the stars absolutely align yeah. for, for us. And you can Definitely. see it in any major sport, especially mm. in sports yeah. that are with teams. Yeah. You know, for example, you know, Michael Jordan only won six yeah. in a 19-year career. Yeah. He should have yeah. won much more. Exactly. Yeah. But it's so hard to win, yeah. which Definitely. makes a difference. A lot of it's got to get out of the coach as well. You could have a mm. great, talented team, but you need a coach to harness and get them True. together. Look, which brings me to my next point I want to talk to you about. There's a famous coach out there at the moment. You know, he's one of the best coaches in the Premier League at the moment. He was born not too far from uh, near Philadelphia. Have you got much to do with Ange Postacoglu? I don't personally know him. Because his dad was a massive AIC fan growing up. I don't know him personally, but I do know him from here when he was coaching here and he left to go to Japan. Mm, yeah. So I followed the story a little bit. Yeah. Now, if... When I came here, I started going to have a like a higher level of goal keep, goalkeeping coach license. Yeah, maybe we would have met, but because I know that here also there's a sort of a lobby. And when I came here, I was 55, and now I'm 64. Yeah, so I got the license four years ago. Mm. You can't really make a big career of of a coach. Yeah, when you're over 60. Mm. Right. So, what do you think it is? So, with I, I didn't. I didn't get to meet him. What yeah. I know and what is, I think, is going to work for him, is that he was in a league where the teams do not have closets full of money. Mm. So he had to find and do the actual scouting to find the players that have the talent. Yeah. And he's good at that. So that might help him. Mm. Now he's got the money too. Yeah. Right. But it just seems. And he went well in the, was it Scotland. Yeah, yeah, Scotland, with, uh, Celtic. He, yeah, he went well for Celtic. Yokohama, too. even here. Yeah, he won it with uh, Melbourne. He won it with Brisbane. That obviously shows you a continuation. Even Australia, he yeah. got us our first Asian Asia Cup. Cup as well. Oh, I remember the yeah. Asia Cup too. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, what do you think it is with him? So, it's, obviously, he's got some formula right. He's doing something yeah. well. Yeah, he's Greek. And, <laughs> apart from that, <laughs> that's the obvious one. Tom. After a yeah. couple of uzos or yeah. whatever yeah. you call them. <laughs> Because at the moment, he's, yeah. he's, he's the talk of the town in the Premier League. He is. He's and got Tottenham so. up there. Rightfully so. You know, it, the only thing I'm worried about Tottenham is uh, the owner. Now, you can see even today, I know he's trying to justify his position and his, and his all that, but you can't come out and say that although Mourinho and Conti are great coaches, they were not for our team and it was a mistake that we hired them. 
whether you like Mourinho or not, there's yeah. sometimes where I like him, sometimes where I hate him. He's proven himself. Mm-hmm. Whether he was lucky, he wasn't yeah. lucky, blah, 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 whatever you want to say, he has proven to be one of yeah. the top coaches. Now, his style might be out of fashion now because yeah. he plays that old you know, defensive yeah. or park the bus or whatever you want to say, but he got results. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I think he is right when he said that they, he, that Levy stopped him from winning that cup. Mm. Or what, European Cup was it? Yep. Yeah, because he got kicked out before. They didn't yeah. give him the opportunity to. Yeah, but so, the feeling I get, Ange doesn't care what anyone thinks. He's got everyone on board. I think Ange's the crowd. It's just something about him, some aura about him. And again, it's not a fluke. He's done this so many times. He did it with Yokohama. I think first of all, he's humble. Yes, hundred percent, definitely. Okay. But second, he knows what he's doing, and I yeah. I feel that the players. And the crowd yeah. have that sense that he does yeah. know what he's doing. Yeah, you know, so that gives the whole club gives a, gives them a confidence. Given also that Harry Kane left, yeah, that's another thing you've got to take under consideration. Yeah, Kane absolutely. has been there for years, yeah, and you know he was the fear of of, of, of the uh, of the opponents because yeah. he was the number one big gun. Yeah, well, you then you got was... Son and the rest, yeah. but he was the number one. Yeah, and and combination with Son, they did some unbelievable, yeah. you know, things. But there's something about him. He he demands the again. He, he says the change rooms for the players, but there's some aura about him that the players, everyone respects him. Even Levy, the crowd. Well, he does have a background also now. He's not someone who just came from Australia. Step by step by step. Yeah. Success. Yeah. Japan. They're, they're pretty competitive over there too. Oh, yeah. yeah. For me, even Saudi Arabia now, that there was a lot of talk about Ronaldo going over yeah. there, you know. I, I watch the games. Yeah. It's not easy. Yeah. They have talent and they have strong players too. Yeah. It's definitely. not easy. And the way that's going on, because there's a lot of money, obviously, yeah. they can buy themselves mm. what, what they want. Well, the, the standard of the football across the board, I think, is improving. I mean, you see into Miami buying Messi, for example. You've got Ronaldo going to Saudi Arabia. Do you, you know, know the like, story behind that, right? Because into Miami didn't mm. pay oh, really? the whole fee. There was a meeting between all the clubs, mm. the ML, MLS. Yep, American League. Major League Soccer. And they all yep. pay money to bring Messi. Is that right? Okay. All the t- because that's America. Mm. You know, for me, that was the smartest move for Messi to do is go to the United States. Yeah. yeah. Because he's a good player, he's got his fame, yep. and he's going to attract a lot of people. Now, don't get me wrong, but, you know, first game, Serena Williams is there, mm. LeBron James is there. You think they went to see Messi? Mm. No. They went to promote themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. All right? And see Messi. Yeah. Mm. Messi knows that. He knows that he's going to track the big names and all that. Yeah. So what is that? An extra plus. Yeah. Then he's going to score a free kick or whatever. He knows what he's doing. He'll get coverage. Yeah. He'll yeah. do it. For, for me, he's, Messi now is playing an easier league than Ronaldo is. Yeah. Mm. That's what, not because Probably. Ronaldo played yeah. for United, and obviously I would support Ronaldo more, mm. but I acknowledge what Messi is too. Mm. But I think that it was one of the smartest moves that Messi could do. Yeah. Mm. And I'm not talking that, you know, United States is close to Argentina. I can, I can pop in and go to... Well, it's the biggest sporting market in the world. Yeah. Like, it's the biggest so economy in the world. Marketing started from the United States. Yeah. You, you want to promote anything, yeah. that's where you go. Yeah. Well, that's all where right. the so money So he knew is. that. So with Angie, that's what I believe. 
yeah. believe that he knows what he's doing. Yeah. If he has the full support and he doesn't get any triclopodies, I don't know how you say it in, you know, like <laughs> yeah. tackles or... <laughs> yeah. And he's got a bit of luck because you need that too. Right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But he's got a good aura about him. But I did hear, you might have told me this, he wanted to coach Aik one day, but his main goal is... He said that. He, he did say he that. He wants to coach Greece because I want to live yeah. on a Greek island and coach the Greek national team. Well, why not? Yeah. How good would that be? Look, happy I don't know how be? good it would be for Angie, but I know it would be good for Greece. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, over there, there's a different story. You remember they kicked Ranieri out? Mm. Ranieri, Italian coach, right? Yeah. He was the coach of the Greek national team. Yeah. Mm. So they kicked him out of the team because they thought that he was, he, you know, he didn't know what he was doing. He goes to Leicester and he wins the championship next week, next year. Mm. Things over there, there's a lot of politics in Greece too. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, in Greece? Like, no. Uh, no, never is. Oh, never is. Let's talk a little bit about the quality of Greek football now. Where do you think Greek football currently sits in terms of the national com- the, the competition, the Greek Super League, going into the national team? Has it improved over the years? Has it diminished? Look, in general, yes. whenever Most we talk about something, in general, progress is always there mm. because a lot of elements go into football mm. and for example number one is science mm. All right. now when I started playing football and I was a kid I remember they used to encourage us to just be good at school mm. and concentrate mm. on your training in that mm. and give your efforts your big efforts in training because that's where you'll become better mm. now later on when, when, when technology and, and when science came into the sport they started realising that if someone's very good at school mm. therefore very smart they're much better at playing football mm. because they're smarter, more intelligent. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's changed now. Yep. Now clubs want you to finish school yes. and be good at it and then your football will become better because you're smarter, more intelligent, quicker, everything. Mm. So that's just one element that I mentioned now that pay, plays a huge difference yep. between back then now. Mm. Another thing is there's a lot of money put yep. into the sport, which comes from sponsorships, when there's money, there's more facilities, there's more uh, comfort for the players. Yep. Tra- players have been treated like kings. Mm. Back in the day, players were considered which means the hillbillies, yeah. or whatever you want yeah. to call them, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the bums that come yeah. from and happen to be good at soccer, playing, yeah. kicking a ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? So there was a completely different concept and you know uh, appreciation or whatever or about someone who was playing football then and playing football now. This also is a bit of a boomerang because now players are considered like world-class and some of them are really flops. And I'll give you an idea, an example. Mm. Pogba, he came to Manchester United. He was paid like a king. Yep. He hardly ever played because mm. he was always injured. And when he did play, he was so arrogant that they had to kick him back to take him to Juventus again. And now they can't sell him because yeah. yeah. nobody wants to get him. They know him. Mm. So a lot of players get... They're overrated, mm. and this happens because it depends on who you have as a manager. Sure. Because as soon as the management came in, a whole different ball game. Mm. A lot of money, managers making a lot of money, so there's a lot of promotion. Also, social media has helped mm. a lot. You see these players now, that social media is more interested in their haircuts mm. and their beards and who, who they have as a girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. See, everybody now has a has a, a famous girlfriend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Handbag. And it's usually, and it's usually trouble. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't let them concentrate. Mm. You know? It's different to have someone who's a simple girl mm. and it's different to have, for example, Sakira. 
Yeah. Or I don't know who yeah. that you hardly ever see. They're, they're in concerts over the world. Yeah. You have to concentrate. How do you do that? Mm. Yeah. It's not easy. So all these things, yes, have helped, but also have created problems as well. And mm. it, it usually is, uh, you know, when, when things boom like that, there's yeah. always going to be the, yeah. the, the pros and the cons. Yeah. But in Greece, as I said, because mm. a lot of players start playing in Europe, uh, because a lot of foreign players come in as well, and you get players, good quality players, that come to Greece that mm. are from abroad, mm-hmm. that help you become better as well mm. in your training sessions, in the everyday yeah. thing. Yeah. Do you know much about the owner of Ike, uh, Dimitris? Uh, yes, I had him as a president when I was there the, my last uh, three or four years. Mm. He came in with another guy, Yanis Karas. Mm-hmm. They were together. Yeah. Now, the, the, the history behind Dimitris Melisanidis is that he started off as an owner of a driver's license company mm-hmm. that he had. And then he, he became very good friends with Yanis Karas, who was in the petrol business. Mm. Uh, right. And then he started to build on that. And now he's become huge mm. in the petrol business. He's, he's you know, making deals with the United States and, and stuff like that. And if it wasn't for him, the team owed a lot of money. Mm. So we had to go through the process because there was a law that said that if the team goes down two categories mm. to third division, the biggest percentage of the money that they owe will be wiped out. Really? Yeah. And you can open up a new, let's say, ABN number yep. under another ABN number and start the new process from the beginning. Yep. And that's what happened to Ajax. So then yeah. we went to third division. I remember watching games in third division and second division. Yeah, really. They went up to first division. Now, what he's very capable of, because he's a very strong personality, mm. what he's very capable of is that he will not throw the money away. Mm. he's very tight at spending but what he promises you get it on day on the day that he promises yeah so if you get paid your wages and your wages on the 30th of month every 30th of a month everybody in the club is paid Mm. he will be tight he will try to you know sort Mm -hmm. of because i had a negotiation with him with my with my contract too yeah the last contract i I did for the last two years Mm. and you know i knew it and i didn't i although i wasn't playing Again, I could go a little bit higher, but I didn't because I know that he would kick. Mm. And I was at the end of my career and I wanted to finish at the club. So when I told him, he gave me his hand and that's it. And I get my money every time Mm. that the money would had to to go Mm. in my bank account. So, and he's a very strong character, you know, he's he's Mm. very, he's in, he's in the market. Yeah. He knows. Mm. He knows the ins and outs and all that. He's made his mistakes as well. Mm. Yeah. I'm not saying he hasn't. Because yeah. when you got the hot potato in your hand, you're juggling it. You're going to make mistakes. Yeah. But but in general, he's he's been. And you know, we would never ever, after what happened with our home ground that was knocked down because of of a political promise, uh, we would never get it back. Yeah, he had to fight everybody to do it. That stadium, how awesome is it? Seriously, it's been voted the best stadium for 2023 in the world. Yeah. I did get voted. And that's why the... Rightfully. You, I'm assuming you've been there? You no, no, I haven't, oh, you haven't been there yet. No, no, okay. I haven't been there yet. We're planning on going next year with my wife. Mm. I haven't been there yet, but it's a beautiful stadium. I've seen... Yeah. I saw the whole show, you know. Yeah. They had the old players come in. I would have been mm. one of the players to come in. Yeah. yeah. In that presentation when they opened, mm. when they did the opening yeah. of, the, of, the, of the ground. Mm. And they have been awarded the, uh, the, the Europa Conference League final. Fantastic. For this wow. year, for 2024. Wow. In the four corners of the of the of the of the stadium, they have mm. four big 
columns yep. that they yeah. have four photos on. Yes. So one is Nestoridis, the other one is Serafidis, mm. yeah. the other one is Tomas Mavros, and the other one is Mimis Papayano. So yeah. they're mm. legends. Big, yeah. big names. I did read a publication, I'm not sure which one it was, but they had you in the AX team of the century. They had a squad of 25 and your name was there. Well, I, w- I was put, first of all, I was voted number five of goalkeepers. Of the 80s. Okay. Mm. So they, they did this survey and they had, the, you know, five best goalkeepers, five best right backs, five left And you were in the backs. top five. I was in the top five yeah. goalkeepers. I was number four mm-hmm. or five. I don't remember, number four yeah. or five. And also, back in the day, like when I was playing, I remember my cousins here would call me from Australia because they had the play, uh, was it PlayStation or the football, yep. whatever it was? Yeah, yeah. FIFA. And I was the goalkeeper. There you go. <laughs> and because these guys were Olympiacos, they would call me and say, we scored three goals yesterday. Uh, Classic. And, you know, they'd make fun. Did it look like you? Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Classic. So See, I was in one of those as well. So, yeah. 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 How good is that? Do you still have much to do with the club now? I have friends in the club. Yeah. I do talk and, and, and older teammates, but because of the distance and the time difference and, yeah. and all that, it's not that easy. When I was living in Greece, yeah. I would go with my wife, we'd go watch games and all that. Yeah, that was definitely. in the Olympic Stadium then. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and gather with the, with the boys, have yep. dinner every yeah. two, three months maybe, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. and I have some teammates that, from abroad as well that we talk, still talk to today. And if when we go back, obviously I'm going to be involved in something I don't know yeah we'll see well, yeah. we can't wait to see <laughs> exactly well, I'll the be next... in the museum yes yeah. some, some, when the museum Absolutely. opens up in the ground yeah. uh, there's going to be some, some yeah. sort of you know well in the next six months it's actually going to be a hundred years for AIC that's it's right it's April 2024 I was there I was there when the when it was the 90 years mm, okay. and a book came out and, there, and I'm in that book as well yeah wow so I know the I know the reporter who is the head of the whole team that organizes all the, the you know the the wikipedia in it and, yep. and, and all the photos and mm-hmm. all that so i know him and he's yeah. telling me now that he's he's running around like crazy to gather all this information yeah. and whatever other photos they can find and all that to wow. fix in the hundred years are, are you going to be involved in any way you're going to be there no, for the hundred no, years no i don't think so don't i think don't so. think so i don't know if there's going to be any more photos of me in there because yeah uh, Probably the last 10 years are going to add some more, uh, maybe photos of the newer players and all that. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm no. not sure how it's going to be, but I'll probably get it when, when it comes out. Either yeah. way, what an honour to be you know, mentioned among all of those names. Yeah, and, it is. And, and yeah. As Especially part of a big history. club like AIC. Exactly. AIC has a different sort of um, approach and mentality to it because AIC came from people that were kicked out of Turkey yes. yep. in very bad times and they came in the... Uh, in the early 20s and... and well, and it's in the name, isn't it? The K stands for Constantinopoli. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I believe there was a team in Constantinopoli. So these I think plays... it was Pera Club or whatever it was called. Yeah. And these people came and they, they actually bought the land where the stadium is today and they actually used their hands to dig mm. and start making the ground and the first sort of wow. stands that were wooden... Mm. and all that and back is that, then. Is that where ASF yeah, is today? One, like same one, yeah. Wow. It's owned by the... It's owned by the... See, so you've got the the Mother Ayak, which is the amateur club, mm-hmm. and then you've got the, the professional club, which is renting, paying rent or something. I don't know yeah. what oh, the deal right. is. Well, it's going to be a, a great 100 years coming up, and you're part of all that. Yeah. 
Amazing yeah, career, Tom. Yeah, it's what do you it's think a big honour. It's also a big honour to be mentioned and to be around players like because I have actually talked and associated and trained with players like Mimis Papayano, like mm. even Mimis Domazos who came mm. from Panathinaikos and Kostas Eleftherakis who came from Panathinaikos. Um, you know, Dusan Bajevic, Tomas Mavros. Kostas Nestoridis, I didn't because he, mm. he's older, yeah. but he was as a coach. Yeah. And being around AIC, there's a lot of times that we talked and, you know, and all that and associated. So, you know, it's a privilege and an honour to be around all these legends. Yeah that were playing back in the day and created the whole, yeah. you know, sort of new history of AIM. Mm. Yeah. Well. Definitely, mate. And now you're part of the Uzo Talk family, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's up there with your honours. But... Oh, no, it's great. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Somehow I don't think it's going to be quite the same. But, you know, <laughs> no. look, at the end of the day, we're just so happy that we were able to get you in here to have this I'm, discussion. I'm very happy too because I... Actually, this is my first time that I'm actually giving a... An interview in English is that about right? Greek soccer. And is all that right? It's always in Greece, wow. so it's always in Greek. So this is my first English interview. Well, we're, we're honoured to have that. Honoured to have you, and honoured to be the, to a, be that's the first. An honor for me too, mate. <laughs> no, no, awesome, mate. Thank you so much, Spiro. Thank well. you very much as well, and good luck with what, whatever you're doing. And hopefully, you get you know the people you want to. Because this is also a bit educational for people that are interested in whatever whatever you guys are promoting. Well, I don't know if, if you know. It could be music, it could be soccer, it could be, mm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you know, but we've had some pretty good guests up until... I mean, we had, you know, last year we had um, uh, Thanasi Polikadroti, the yeah. Buzuki player. I know him well because he's an actor. Legend. And he wrote the, the newer anthem of the eight, anthem yes which didn't really go through but yep. he because they use the old one yep. always well he well, sat where you're sitting exactly. and he played for us yeah he and did the thing, and he's, he's a great guy he's a great guy and yeah. the thing is he wouldn't leave yeah <laughs> we, we said oh play more play more we're recording yeah. him yeah. and his yeah. manager was going mad he goes nick we gotta he's go. got to be somewhere he's he's composed some of Oh, he's yeah. a legend. Great songs. Huge. Absolutely. Great songs for, for great he was, singers. He was telling us stories about, you know, writing stuff with uh, with Barrio, yeah, I know. with Gazadzivi, with all of these things. Like, unbelievable names. And he sat right here and played fucking Wuzuki in this room. Imagine world. what he's seen because, you know, oh. the nightlife is completely different to what I my yeah. life is. <laughs> my life was, you know, you have to be home at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. We'll call you or we'll pass by. Yeah. That's when I was 16 years old. Yeah. When I went to Athens, there were people coming visiting my house to see... Yeah. If I was in or not. Oh, really? Because we had a game on Sunday. So, you know, you, you, there's a big sacrifice for any kind of professional mm, athlete. Mm, yeah. Even amateur athletes that don't 100%. make it through. Mm. There's big sacrifices, mm. you know. You, you, you don't have your friends. You, you don't have a life. And, and that's why it's tricky sometimes because when you finish that, you know, it's like falling off through the sky. So you want to mm. you want to start having everything that you didn't have, yeah. mm. whether that's bad food, drinks, Smokes, yeah. girls going out, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you name it. And it's, you know, it's only natural because mm. you're always reserved and preserved person yeah. that has to do this, 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 that way, that way, that way. Yeah. Mm. All the time. That was a huge element of disciplinary, which That's sounds right. like you got That's loads right. of and, it. And, and, you know, some of the, uh, I watch some of the sports today, especially tennis, where, you, you know, yeah. you're on your own. Yeah. Mm. There's nobody else to back you. There's no defender. There's no attacker. Yeah. You're there with your racket yeah. and you have to, every time you have to deliver. Yeah. And, and I see sometimes that people are harsh against either Maria Sakkari or, mm. or Tsitsipas, you know, because yeah. um, they don't win or, yeah. yeah. There's a privilege for them to being in the top 10 anyway. 
Yeah. Oh, they're doing great. So, they're doing. You know, if they don't win Grand Slams, it's just because probably some other players are more talented. That's yeah. it. Yeah. There's no other. You know, there's no other explanation to that. Yeah. They're trying their best. You know. Yeah. You, look, you can say that Tsitsipas is a little bit. Uh, you know, how do you say it in English? Epipoleos Ligo. You know, yeah. he shouldn't have his father as his coach. Because yep. his father is not a a Grand Slam coach. Mm. All right, that's probably a mistake. All right, but. Sackety has she's tried so much, man. Yeah. Yeah. See her training. She's an drill. amazing athlete. Actually, yeah. the other day with my wife, she's mm. here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We were watching the drill she was doing, and, yeah. and my wife said, "I got dizzy by just looking yeah. two minutes." Yeah, you know what I mean. She's because an amazing it's athlete. Amazing. Yeah, and she even yeah. looks it. She's yeah. like a supreme. And you, know, and you athlete. get people that are easily these days because of social media, but that's yeah. in everything. That's mm. right. Everybody just writes something because it's free to write, yeah. and you think it's smart, but it's not yeah. that way. No, yeah. no, we definitely Amazing. support them. We'd love to get them on the show if we could. But, oh, um, that'd be great. <laughs> that'd yeah, be great. great we saw, athletes. We saw Tsitsipa. We went uh, last year with my wife. There was this tournament here in Sydney. Yep. yep. And we saw the game Tsitsipa against uh, Di Matteo. We saw that game. He beat him. It was Italy, Greece. Mm. I was there. Yeah, we were there too. I was there too. I've got photos. On my oh, phone. there you go. <laughs> and I've, I've got him when he's warming up and you can see his back with his long hair. Yeah. Oh, there you anyway, go. we couldn't get close, but, yeah. but we went and watched the game. We, yeah. we like tennis. We go Brilliant. and watch. Yeah. Uh, good. And, uh, you know, it's a privilege because Greece is a country that has nothing to do with tennis. Yeah. yeah. The previous well-known sort of name in tennis in Greece is Maria Sakkari's uh, mother, Rika mm. Nalapulu. Oh. Oh, which, really? I, which I used to watch when I was playing soccer. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, in tournaments. Mm. But she didn't make it really big, but mm. she was playing in some sort of like a cropless yeah. Uh, yeah, tournament. Local or, comps. Or whatever, but she no. was good. But she was nothing like a daughter. Her daughter's huge these days. Yeah. yeah. When you're in top 10, that, that's a big number. Oh, that's massive. That's yeah. huge. Yeah. yeah. No, good on them, mate. We've got some good athletes here in Greece. Hopefully you will get some here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we do. Well, yeah. We well, just on that, I mean, we mentioned some of those names, but just to reiterate... Former NATO Supreme Allied Commander James Stavridis. We've had comedian Angelo Taruja. We've had Mark Burris. We've had. World champion boxer. We've had George Cambosis Jr. And now we're proud to say that we now have Spiros Ekonomopoulos as well. Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Can I just add something before we go? Because we never mentioned anything about the uh, Matildas. Uh, Uh, Yes. uh, Yeah, I just wanted to say that that was a huge, huge step. Yeah, and I actually thought that the refereeing against us, especially against when we played France, mm. was not really the refereeing that should for a hometown mm. country mm. that's playing the World Cup. Because as you can remember, they won a corner when the girl who made the cross was yeah. one meter outside. Mm. Yep. They won the corner and then they scored the goal. And luckily, it was a foul yep. on the defender. Yeah, we could have lost that game. Yeah, you know, from bad yep. refereeing. Yeah, but I want to. You know, give a shout out to the girls as well and the whole staff. Yeah, uh, I know that Tony Franken, the ex legend here in Australia, was goalkeeper coach of the girls. Mm-hmm. I recently saw him in one of the workshops in uh, you know in the um, Australian Soccer Federation. There's workshops that we attend mm-hmm. to uh, you know to get points for our license, and he he was in one of the last ones, and he he was mentioning a lot going on with Matildas and the preparation for the penalty kicks and all that. Mm. So, um, yeah, and I think that the crowd was massive and it was a, probably yeah. a great promotion, but 100%. I think that the, prou- the crowd was proud of, of the, just the event. Yeah. Just that the fact that the, the team was attending yep. a World Cup, doesn't matter what the result was. They outdid the Socceroos. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of interest, like by, by every measure, 
by social media standards, by sale of yeah, the, the Matilda's jersey, yeah, yeah. Uh, p- by viewership. It was unbelievable. Did you and ever you also had that? you also had a good level of football playing, not only yeah. by the Matildas, but by other clubs as well. So that helped promote definitely. And it's very good that it happened. Mm. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's a good segue for uh, Australia getting the World Cup for men's as well. Yeah. Now shows we can put on a good show. It'd be it'd be pretty. Imagine having that here. I think it's a harder thing to do because the men's level, and especially in European countries, is much bigger. Yeah. And you know, it's a tradition. I don't know, hundreds of years now. It's not easy to break. Mm -hmm. Even even though the level in some countries has fallen because of all the political. Yeah stuff that has happened and all the mingling of other people and yeah yeah and you know the the falling of the eastern bloc from russia yeah soviet union and all that mm. some teams were much stronger than than today yeah and that's why probably greece has got a bigger chance into getting something better yeah, yeah. In, in european definitely football. Mm. No. awesome well right. said, mate. Well done. Gather Matildas. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, Spittle, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uzotalk at Outlook.com is the email. Send us your messages and follow us on social media at Uzotalk and at Uzo underscore talk on Instagram. Nikathanasiu, thank you very much, mate. Tom, your legend, thank you. And thank you, everyone. See you guys. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Akolufiste mas sto Soundies, sto Spotify, sto Apple Podcasts, και στο Google Podcasts.